Howdy, partners, and welcome to a new episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, who, on this episode, is just a representative for the Bernard Deli Insurance Agency. And before we go on, I have to tell you, uh, I have a Derringer poking out of every one of my orifices today. Well, all right. Hard to compete with that, but I'm I'm Dan Ryan, your other co-host, and I'm here in this mysterious village to find a senorita. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> wow yeah really can't compare can it can't compare not even remotely uh, well uh, well here we are another episode resuming our anime watches we mm-hmm. just watched some jojo last week which i enjoyed along for another a uh, wild ride with today's a classic from our past of course being the spiritual uh southern space western Trigon. Yes, I, I'm very excited yeah. to get into this. Yep, I've been rewatching it, and it does hold up. Um, it's a little bit more lighthearted than I remember, but I remember also the later half of the series getting way darker than what I expected from this anime. And I feel like with the stuff that we grew up with, it's not alone in that regard. No. It's kind of, you know, it can have a certain level of goofiness for like three quarters of it, but then they got to shoo out the clowns, and it's uh, things get dark and traumatic near the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And if you aren't crying, is it even anime? No, I don't no. think so. Well, uh, any life news? I've got a few things from this soul-crushing week that I actually did have time to do. Uh, I I do as well. Uh, by all means, you can go first if let you me, wish. Let me just open up my notes app in which I took this thing. Well, while you're doing yeah, that, I'll, I'll do just that, go ahead yeah. with mine. Yeah. One of mine, my I wasn't small prepared, one. Um, I have uh, partaken in because I think it came out on Switch this week. I've uh, been dabbling in the game. Have a nice death. Oh yeah. Um, it's a good little roguelike, and it uh, is very enjoyable so far. Um, I wouldn't say that it's quite won over my heart and soul like Death's Door has, the other similarly themed chibi Grim Reaper game. But it came first, you know. It did come first, it did. That probably holds, like, more of a sway Um, in your experience, but it seemed like a game that you would also enjoy. Yeah, and and I certainly am so far. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, if you enjoyed Hades, this is, like, a good thing to kind of uh, suit your appetite Mm. while you're waiting for more Hades content. Yeah, Hades 2. Um, you know, similarly, you kind of move through and there's like a, like a casket vendor who gives you what would be the boons, I guess. In this case, they're like cloak weapons and curses and upgrades and things like that. And you're playing as death and, you know, kind of getting burnt out by work. He Mm -hmm. turned the process of death into like an automated corporate bureaucracy. Um, but he has since lost control of it. It's reduced his power and the main crux of the game is is getting, you know, sweeping across your entire Death Incorporated building to kind of get your employees back in line because, you know, the life-death cycle isn't functioning correctly anymore because there's just too much paperwork. Interesting. So you got to go through that, and obviously when you die, you start from the beginning. But 
there is like you know as you complete certain challenges and everything you can unlock new weapons curses you know boons things like to that effect mm. um it's very challenging mm. uh but i would say it's very very good so far so definitely recommend it yeah, yeah. uh i've been playing a little i'm kind of video gamed out this week um i wonder why <laughs> there's just so many i did get another chapter ahead in fire emblem but i was up at three o'clock and i did that yesterday mm-hmm. um Gonna try to get through a chapter a week so I can make some progress in some games. But I did download and play a chapter of the Resident Evil 4 remake. Mm -hmm. And I'm loving it. Everyone looks so pretty. Do you know you could turn on an option that makes their hair particles, like, like sway in the wind? And it looks gorgeous. Yeah. But I also played it. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think, Dan? I'm thoroughly enjoying it so Mm -hmm. far. I mean, can't go wrong with it. But, yeah, I, I, I look forward to... Kind of getting more time with that this week. Mm. I couldn't uh, Friday night because I fell ill <laughs> yeah. for some reason. You took ill, yeah. Um, but no, when I got to play it yesterday, I'm loving it. So, yep. and I keeping the cheesiness in there. Yeah, yeah. I I like that they didn't change any of the the corny Leon one liners that mm-hmm. he has. Uh, I mean, this game's usually too scary for me. I don't get I don't get why I could watch like the bloodiest horror movie and be like, yeah. oh, this is fine, and then play a stupid zombie video game that's been out for forty. 40- Yes, <laughs> it feels like I know every twist and turn. It'd be like, oh, but they're scary. Yeah, you never <laughs> that guy has a chainsaw. Yeah, and it's hard. I don't really play shooters like that, so I feel incompetent. No, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, so do I. But it's uh... give me an RPG and I can wow the crowds. But give me a over the shoulder uh, shooter and it's whew, it's like but, I don't know how to walk. But I think Resident Evil like balances that stuff for you in terms of being like. It could be scary if you don't know what's coming, but it's also, like, very theatrical, very, very corny. Mm. I think Village was definitely like that. Like, Village was was sufficiently creepy, but ultimately, you know, between Demetrius <laughs> and all the others, like, you, you know, there, there's, it's, it's always a balance. It's always... I think it pulls that off nicely, but I'm 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 enjoying four so far. In continuing video games, we also got a Final Fantasy 16 preview at PAX. We did, and it looks beautiful, wonderful, magical. Another huge sprawling RPG for me to get lost in, along with the six other huge sprawling RPGs I still have to play. Did you see that water? I did see the water, Dad. They did a little open a world dive. showcase, yeah. and it, it's they got like uh, they got like the green and blue lagoon water, and it's like <gasps> like look how nice you got a push. <laughs> That yeah. follows you and grows along with you. Um, uh, uh, a pox on if anything happens to that pooch, though. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think they know not to. Uh, mm. I hope. I would hope, yeah. And then it was interesting that uh, you're you're with this uh, guy. I don't remember the main character's name. I'm sorry. Uh, it fucking ends in a uh, last name begins with an R. And you go through his, like, his youth, his 20s, and his 30s. Okay. Throughout the entire game. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get to see him grow up. It'll be interesting. I mean, that's soon, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I almost did the Marge. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume yeah. it's it's probably next week. <laughs> probably is. Yeah. And then Zelda's like two months. It's in May. Yeah. yeah. So right before me, B Day. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's all the video game news I have, though. Yeah, I mean, my only thing was was my only other thing was Resident Evil Four. Oh well. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of anime news, I mean, uh, new stuff this week. I've just been watching JoJo's um, and more of uh, Mononoke. Hmm. Still quality. Um, but we did. I think yesterday they confirmed that Jujutsu Kaisen season two is mm-hmm. coming July sixth. 
They changed up some some production staff, but it still looks like it's going to be beautiful. So it's going to be quality, um, and I believe it's going to be two cores that'll run for a quarter of the year. Um, so that's I believe we figured out that is like twenty five episodes is two cores. And it'll cover the next two story arcs for hmm. whatever Jujutsu Kaisen fans are familiar with. Hmm. Um, so yeah, people are excited for that. Yes. Gojo was trending yesterday, so that's mm-hmm. that's how you know that that something happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Gojo, and it's not a, a Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat revival. Yes, you know it's Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, shall I get into the films that I watched? Well, I think you have to. Well, I did a few. I did uh, some good, some bad. I put on, I said, I'm going to take this Friday. I'm going to nurse this bottle of wine. I've been meaning to watch Babylon. Get to that last. And I've been meaning to catch up on some Criterions I, I have waiting because uh, Anna Masterpiece is right around the corner. And I want to mm-hmm. pick some movies for that. And I think, starting with the best, I've got a film that I'm not going to spoil for you. It's just about food. It's on every, like, Criterion top film list ever as, like, hailed as a great Japanese movie. Mm -hmm. And I watched it yesterday and I said, oh, Dan is just going to eat this up, no pun intended, and thoroughly enjoy this. So come May, we'll be watching this specific film. It'll be the first in our our series for the year. Uh, You were giving it a rave review. It really hit me. It had... It had emotion, it had humor, it had all the Dan tropes you might come to love. Like, I can seriously see this being your new, like, obsessive film, and I can't wait to show you. And be like, look, little lamb. <laughs> I'm <laughs> look very what I excited. Did. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. um, I think, the only, in terms of, like, previews, mm-hmm. uh, I think Gamera Rebirth got another trailer. That's coming to Netflix at some point this year, I believe. Uh, so we haven't, we haven't heard or seen from Gamera in a long time, uh, so... That'll be interesting. Mm. Hopefully, maybe maybe the, the podcast could have piqued some people's interest in that, yeah. uh, and they can go for it. And then you also sent me the trailer for Shin Kamen Rider, mm-hmm. which is after Shin Ultraman and Shin Godzilla, Hideki Anno is is going full bore on all of his childhood favorites, mm-hmm. getting like cinematic. <laughs> Yeah, amazing adaptation. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that too. Uh, in addition, another food, another film about food. I watched Babette's Feast, mm-hmm. which I saw once in my youth and really enjoyed. It's a simpler, simple story based on like a, a short novella in which like this French person comes to live in I think Denmark with these two old ladies who are like pastors' children. And the basic plot is she wins the lottery and after like serving them for 14 years is like, I ask you one favor, can I make you this luscious feast? But these ladies are so religious, they're like, we can't say anything about the meal as we eat it with mm-hmm. all our friends and it's just like an emotional i was like oh this is why i like you know it's been a kind of a criterion eh, drought lately nothing has really affected me that much maybe that's me getting older maybe that's like how tired i feel but i was like oh watching these two films back to back and they both happen to be about food really did change my spirituality for the week so mm-hmm. i was like yeah i i could dig that and then I watched a very Jonathan film. It's a Terry Gilliam classic that I also got in 4K. It's The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Heard good things. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. a it's typical Jonathan Fair. It figures in his Brazil, that, and then there's one other movie that comes before that that's name is escaping me in like his unofficial trilogy. Apparently it was a flop at its time because it went like $40 million over budget. Yes. And there were no prints available. But I, I was like, oh, this is like a great fantasy flick mm-hmm. set in like that Amadeus time period but they still won't give us Amadeus on 4k or yeah. the blu-ray despite why not uh, we've I... been waiting for at least a year Dan well, we know they have it 
for all the negative dark energy that our podcast has built into being, <laughs> Can we have some positive energy. When each episode goes up, it causes something related to it to just happen. Um, maybe, maybe we've built up enough positive no. karma that we could get an Amadeus 4K release. I, I assume it's not a limited run before the end of the year, but I assumed that months ago. Does it have an anniversary coming up? I don't know, Dan. I don't know. Because I don't even remember what year it was. Because uh, to me, that's like a that's like a general... Oh, well, it came out sometime in my childhood, yeah. but I don't remember when. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe the 30th is coming up. I don't know. But, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And then let's get to the elephant shit in the room. Literally, that's how the film opens. Dan. Yeah, another someone, definitive movie some, experience for you. Someone getting shit on by an elephant. That is the first scene. Mm-hmm. I watched Babylon... Uh, by the Chazelles, yes. <laughs> Damien Chazelle, and produced by Mark Platt, and with uh, music by um, Basic and Maul, as I like to call them, not Basic and Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I walked into this thinking that I was going to like it slightly more than La La Land. That was not the case. I liked La La, La, La Land about ten times more this movie, and you know how I feel about La La Land. Yes. I catch you crying, <laughs> the stick comes out and you get a beating. Well, yeah, yeah. But Babylon! And I. Did you know this film was three hours and eight minutes long? Yeah. Well, I I never. I haven't seen it yet, and I will. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll be coming to a pick. But I did clown on it when it first came out because it was yet another, like, box office bomb that was about how cool Hollywood Mm -hmm. was. And Mm -hmm. and I. And you know my feelings on that. But then you played Devil's Advocate and you were like. Well, dead. I I yeah. think it looks yeah. okay because I, you gotta. I tried. I, I tasted of the forbidden fruit, Dan. Now uh, I know too much. Yeah. So 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 go on. But <laughs> I would say an hour of these three hours are amazing, mm-hmm. especially due to Margot Robbie, who, as I told you over the internet, I don't know why I always underestimate her. I don't understand why she's going to be in Barbie. She's going to be Barbie. Yes. And wow us all again. She always delivers a consummate performance as an actress. But yet I, I just like, oh, Margot Robbie's in this, but she, she's truly the best part of that, playing like a, a New Jerseyan mm-hmm. who goes to Hollywood, makes it big in the silent pictures, but when the talkies come around, things get to be a little bit of a hassle. Yes. And there's so much cocaine and drugs in this film. Everything's crazy, Dan. Yes. It's just, there's like 10 different plot lines going on at once, and I really didn't care about all of them. They're not likable characters to me. Well, that's the vibe I got from the, like, the different summaries that I've read of it and stuff, is Mm -hmm. that it's, like, supposed to be, you know, related to the title, I'm assuming, it's supposed to be, like, the downfall of that era. Yeah, like, the decadence, yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah, Babylon, yeah. So then it's, like, how are these different groups in Hollywood either collapsing or getting a fresh start? Mm -hmm. And I would assume that it was trying to cover all of that ground. Maybe spreading itself too thin. But you would know yeah. if you watched yeah. it. But, I, so I, I, I would have given this like a score in costuming nomination because mm-hmm. that's what all the classic Hollywood films go. But it feels like it's... And I get what it's trying to reach at is that this Babylon could be our Babylon today. Like, it, well, movies could be a similar thing of decadence today if things had gone slightly differently. And I will say there are like three scenes in this film. The opening scene at this uh, Bacchanal party, mm-hmm. which is in all the promotional art. The one scene where they're just getting uh, Margot's character introduced to soundstage, which you've seen on TikTok a mm-hmm. hundred different times, was excellent. And then the scene where Tobey Maguire shows up in the end, the very end of the film. Yeah. There's probably like 30 minutes left and he's there and he's literally playing like this devil character that takes some of our other characters down the seven layers of hell. Mm-hmm. and shows them 
the error of their ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the three scenes that stood out to me, but like I said, that comprised an hour of the film, and we still had two hours and eight minutes to go. And I felt every one of those minutes, Dan. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I... I I regret to inform you this will be a pick at some point. It will be tossed into the bad movie bag because I cannot not put it in there. No, no, of course not. And yeah. that's, I, I'm i probably, I don't know if I would voluntarily watch it yeah. otherwise, considering I, it's three I'm, it's hours. It's going to be but... tough for me to sit through this, not once, but twice to write the notes for it. But I'll do it. Because it, it needs to be seen, Dan. I mean, I think I think we're in for our own Babylon collapse soon. The superhero mm. craze is, uh, yeah. Well, I'll be they're, fine. They're flopping left <laughs> I'll and right. Be fine. I don't know about you. I think I'll be okay because mm. I I don't. Well, Gaga with Joker Two has come here to save us. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Well, I thought I figured you were going to bring that oh, up. Oh, glorious! But, you know, Filming in New York. We're getting like uh, looking wonderful from that. Yeah. So that that's been taken. Well, I mean, it comes story. out in what two years? <laughs> at this rate. Well, it's, it's like a year, but yeah, I, yeah. But, I, don't, I don't know actually, but. I remember it's much later than I thought. Yeah, so Babylon coming soon. Um, three criterions. Uh, one more thing I have to mention. Oh, I have a, a few things. Have you been getting this, like, welcome home stuff on TikTok? It's like this weird puppet show thing that's, like, super colorful. Like, it's a TV show that didn't exist with dark undertones. I just want to know. I'm curious. I have not yet. Okay, because it's, it's like that thing where you said, uh, you gave me that those videos with the actors going, like, you paid Jonathan wrong. Like, what's that called? The, the Oh, those Darman videos? Yeah, you gave me that, so I hope the algorithm picks up through the podcast. Now you'll get the Welcome Home videos. Well, yeah, the phones are always yeah. listening, so yeah, it's going so, to. Yeah, so yeah. it's like this weird... It's like Don't Be Afraid, you know, those that, that puppet YouTube thing where things get creepy. Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, that. Yeah. yeah, it's like that, but I don't understand. Someone, like, made a false website with all these images, like... like your levels of Pokemon creation images yes. and backstory yes. that came out of nowhere, and apparently the side I'm TikTok on, uh, the side of TikTok I am on, is eating that up, and it's just in my entire algorithm, and I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Why is this creepy show? Well, in my, my algorithm. Well, to be fair, uh, well, again, my my TikTok algorithm right now is the entirety of the eras tour from taylor swift oh. playing out uh, <laughs> did you see moment. her magnificent quick change that took five minutes uh, yes uh, she, she swims ju- through she the just stage. took off a shirt man um <laughs> to reveal a longer shirt uh, well that's neither here nor there but mm-hmm. the but i don't know if one of those like ar things has been attempted with tiktok yet mm-hmm. it's it because the people used to attempt like people used to do a lot of those with youtube and, and not like even early internet when it was mm-hmm. coming up and that's where the slender man shit came yeah, from it, it feels like that but it, it also feels quirky and i like the artwork that this person or this group has created yeah i, I just i mean if it doesn't show up check it out i no, think it'd I'll be like in- an interesting deep dive there's already like 40 minute internet essays on it from like a lot of the channels that I listen to, I'm always up for more creepypasta shit, so yeah. I'll look into it. Because I, yeah. I, I like, I do enjoy stuff like that yeah, when it's done well. Yeah, me too. Until it, like, until it gets <laughs> run into the ground <laughs> and commercialized, and then you get Bye Bye Man. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, that should be a, a ways off. I would um, imagine. I guess before we go into your big news, I, there's one news item that you seem to have forgotten. But uh, there's a new Lana Banana album out. <laughs> Did you know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard, Dan? 
I did not. So I know that you're not a huge Lana fan, but all the car rides that you, Grant, and I took where I was like, listen to the, how about some music, kids? Here's some Lana. Hey, I got a few on my iPod because of you guys. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, it's a return to form for her. The TikTok and the internet seems to be championing this, and I love this album, especially because it's got my boy Father John Misty on one song with mm-hmm. the light in. And I love him. Seen him live. I'd gladly see Lana live. Uh, I guess you can call me a Lana Stan. But it's a return to form. If you like her old shit, like Born to Die and such, and especially Norman fucking Rockwell, which is what many fans praise as like her her last best album, mm-hmm. it's right up that boulevard. Ocean oh, Boulevard. Of course. So check it out. And well, it does dawn on me what you're talking about. I, yes. I was yeah. going to bring oh, okay. that if, Good. I, I assume Good. last. Hmm. Um, well, I'm done. If what, Lana was it? Lana was, <laughs> Lana was the end. Well, uh, concluding almost 25 years here, uh, the Pokemon anime featuring Ash came to an end oh, on Friday. And I thought of you. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, There's no one else I thought. Well, Mark mentioned it. But I was like, Dan told me already. <laughs> uh, it's a weird thing to think about, but it is it is done for, for now. So... You know, it was kind of a, it was a very simple episode. It was like a slice of life thing. He goes, uh, he's chilling in Pallet Town. Tracy gets his first line of dialogue in, <laughs> uh, it's not a joke, like no. 10 years. The yeah. last time he spoke was at the end of the credits of one movie, right? No, no at the, not even that. It, it was, um, I think it was in the episode that left off before, uh, like Sinnoh. Mm. That was the last time he had, like, a line of dialogue. Um, and his Venonat evolved into a Venomoth, so he got one shred wow. of development in there before he said goodbye A ten-level evolution, Dan? <laughs> um, and he, uh, you know, Ash is chilling with Professor Oak. He helps Professor Oak find one of the starters that wandered off. I think all of his Pokemon appear in shots around the lab. And then Gary's like, you know, now that you're world champ, have you actually thought about what... You want to go out, yeah. Like, being a master <laughs> is or whatever. And uh, and then it was just like a simple thing. He's just chilling at home. He kind of... Um, I think he has like a sad scene with Pikachu where in a, in a previous episode... The previous episode, uh, when we got the Ultim- Ultimar cameo from... Movie 5, The mm-hmm. Venice City, mm-hmm. with, uh... Latios and Latios, yeah. He was like, oh, I wasn't able to befriend that that Latios uh, before they took off um, and left. And it's like, I think my definition of master would be just keep traveling around and making friends with every Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And that's like... And then he just, you know, Team Rocket gets back together. And then, uh, since he doesn't have anyone else on hand with him, Pidgeot comes back and that's a dan favorite right there dan favorite yep. has not been seen since the end of Oof. the like indigo league yeah that's true um because ash had like promised to go back and see it and that they just never wrote that in anywhere uh and then pidgeot returns pidgeot returns to his active team and he just goes on a new adventure with like they got sakura blossoms going hmm. And Team Rocket's still following him, and he's just presumably going around to befriend, befriend more Mons. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that's exactly how it, it should have ended. Yeah, that, yeah. that kind of makes his journey worth it. That was... I like that. Yeah. Like, I enjoy that, now yeah. that you told me. That's kind of his, his shtick, making friends with all the Pokemon. And that's... And, and it's it's a very, like, interesting thing, because obviously, with certain anime... With how, you know, things make sense tonally, 
despite what people were saying, I don't know if it would have made complete sense to have Ash, like, age up rapidly, and then we have him yeah. with, like, a wife and kids. Because yeah. he's, like, like, he's, like, perennially, like, the 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 kid playing yeah. the game, and then that's that's what he is. He's going to keep doing that, mm-hmm. presumably. And you think he'll get a reference in the new series? I think inevitably. Yeah. Well, it were, I would I would say it remains to be seen if if they can pull off that that like a new one. I want them to. Yeah, it looks. I very much want them yeah. to. I like fresh starts. I like things like that, especially if we get these like once a gen now. If they just like give us a new cast, mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll keep things much more interesting. Um, because I think the thing with Ash was that. This is only conspiratorial on my part, but when he lost the Kalos League, that pissed off a lot mm-hmm. of fans, especially because, like, Japan, like, fans in Japan got mad about it first, and then American fans who were watching secondhand uh, also got really mad. So then they had him win the Alola League, and then it's like, we can't have him go in reverse, so mm-hmm. now he's got to become world champ, and I would assume it's just like, okay we either he's, left, yeah. he's guaranteed to win yeah. everything or else we go back to having him lose mm-hmm. and we can't do that so it's like i i think that getting a fresh start every series kind of yeah. frees them from having to write themselves in the corners like that yeah and uh but no it was a very simple sweet episode mm. i think i think literally the only thing that i will i will subtract 0.05 Dan points for is that Primeape never showed up again. Oh, yeah. I assumed that one of the episodes was gonna, like, have mm-hmm. him visiting the stupid boxing trainer that he left Primeape with. It turned and, into Ghost Primeape. Uh, yeah. But, but no. But I, the way that the, the way that the, the boards mm-hmm. seem to be categorizing it is that, um, certain ones he officially transferred ownership of like ambipom mm-hmm. and uh he never owned larvitar or haunter or um certain other one like legendary ones uh, so they didn't get cameo appearances either mm-hmm. so it's like okay yeah the ones who were out of his ownership are are out mm-hmm. but hey I, I was just happy that pidgeot came back <laughs> it was a very very sweet simple ending and I think it is one of the last things from the 90s to remain going, aside from The Simpsons. Yeah. And it had more episodes than The Simpsons, but The Simpsons has more seasons, technically. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was, uh, we're getting old, sir. An interesting thing to yeah. toss around your noodle. Maybe down the line you pick one episode a season. I would, I would love that. Yeah. yeah. You have a little Pokemon Master Course for me. And I don't know, I, I guess I show you, like, an episode of Grey's Anatomy from every season. I don't, I don't know. That's, the, the, <laughs> by all means, by all means, that's anime. It, it really is, Dan. It got renewed again for, like, the 20th season. And I don't understand why that show is not good now. I, I, I saw I, that Kate Walsh just got hit by a car. She's been on that show for 57 years. I've seen some rough CGI coming out of that oh, show. There's always been rough CGI on that show. It, it, it's like, wild. That 3D yeah. helicopter. I, we're we're I, re-watching. We're only in, like, season three, though. Yeah. Uh, so we're watching like an episode a week so we'll be done you know hopefully before the sun burns out yeah but it's steady and i i said maybe that'll be interesting you bring pokemon and uh, you, yeah. you pick out the best episode per season that's that's a that's a great idea yeah. i will happily do that yeah. i have some ideas already but that's wow. that's yeah. a good that's a good idea for some content mm-hmm. i think yeah. so not that we're yeah. ever short yeah but but uh we yeah 
So a big, quite quite big doings mm-hmm. in terms of one era of anime coming to a close. All so right. well, with our catching up done, do we have a tangent today, or shall I share my ideas that I thought about during um, the week? Why don't you give me the ideas first? Okay. They're not many, so this will be a good thing. And they're not good, as I told you. I thought of a few things, but I wasn't real. I was sure. As I've emphasized, most of the stuff you've given me has freakish, like freakishly synchronized together to make sense mm. lore-wise. Mm-hmm. So, whatever, whatever, whatever the gods say to you, by all means, yeah, you know, convey it. Um, so I spent the majority of my time thinking about this flying taxi, mm-hmm. and I've only got three mons to share with you today, and then one that. Uh, I just want to throw out, it's totally a non-thing. I guess I'll start with that. So, in the anime reference, I said, we can have a guinea pig. That's like a Hamtaro reference. Easily. Yeah, and we don't have a guinea pig Pokemon, I don't believe. So that no, would be, we don't. That we would don't. be interesting. So just make it, like, Ginyu. <laughs> well, that, well, again, that would be perfect, uh, like, in the in the Peru area. Mm-hmm. So, that's another one for And, that. like, there could be jokes of, like, people eating it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, but it's a delicacy. <laughs> we can we'll include yeah. a, like slowpoke tails. Yeah, we'll yeah. include we'll include a, a dark yeah. joke like and that. And it just yeah. like maybe it gives you like a face like, <laughs> like I don't even know what to do. Uh, so the flying taxi. I said uh, we don't really have a hummingbird Pokemon, and maybe we can have like another group mon. Like you think it's one big flying mon, but it's another group mon. I'll, another idea that I have. I have two group mons in this. Just either a giant hummingbird that you don't okay. expect, or many hummingbirds carrying something. <laughs> either could work. Mm. No, that could work. Like, uh, like wishy-washy. Mm, yeah. And then yeah. another group, Mon, I said, is that the uh, monarch bi- butterflies immigrate from, you know, that area. That's that's also true. And then we can have, like, the mariposas from, <laughs> from uh, uh, Encanto. <laughs> Well, both either yeah, of these like are... they were both group mod, and I think they would be fun. Like they'd be fun to design. Like you can have them as pilots. You can have them as like uh, ride of the Valkyrie style. No, very good. No, very the, good. The... Either of these could work. I mean, uh, do you have a preference for? Because I, the, I think the monarch like... butterflies is a better idea. But we have a lot of bugs. Um, yeah. I'd be fine with more bugs though, especially butterfly mon, who I I like consistently. I think that would make a great group mon. Maybe we could do like different shapes. Uh, I don't know. Just dwell on that. Okay. And then if you want something that's a bit more, uh, normal, uh, there's a bird actually called the Magnificent Frigate Bird. Okay. And it has a giant red pouch on its throat, and since its name is the Magnificent Frigate Bird, we can make it, like, an air frigate <laughs> that carries people. That's also perfect. Technically, the electric bird in the new is game is kind of like that. Bird. It's yeah, it's like an albatross. That yeah, but we, uh, I will dabble with these. Yeah, I yeah. will. They've been suggested, so even if whoever ends up carrying the taxi, all three of these will get included anyway. Yeah. And Hamtaro. I but... think the butterflies would be a good option because most of the time people think bird fly. Yeah, and not butterfly fly. <laughs> yeah, so that would be. That's just what I was thinking. So, that's my ideas for the week. I okay. stewed on your topic. Yep. I can I can make this work. Mm. I, yeah, because either way, either way, we will we'll have a hummingbird, and I like the I like the air frigate the, mm-hmm. the frigate bird too because I like stupid airships and mm-hmm. you know I do. So I know. That's, yeah. I'll dabble with these. I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. I'll send you some examples. See what yeah. works. 
Um, but very good. Very, very good. Um, but yes, uh, as you referenced previously this week, I sent you, um, in my madness, I crafted, um, more or less the entire map, just for my own, like, for the reference of the art and how it, it plays out and what, what space we have to fill with new mons. Um, and I also sent you the character list, mm-hmm. um, all of which has come from prompts that you have given me in the past. I did my best to come up with pun names for the remaining major people. A lot are still left unnamed. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so any thoughts on, on those? No, just great. Keep up the good work. I had no complaints. I um, dare not get in the way of your process, Dan. If something stands out to me, I'll speak and say, but... Uh, so, like, the main thing was that I think at one point it was like, okay, we, like, in terms of the imaginary story that we have, it'll be confusing, it'll be, it'll be lots of options as to who the champion could be. So, obviously, the champion is going to be Carmen, the dancer champion, uh, with the, the Olympic peacock and everything. But I, for the sake of fitting in as many tropes as possible... Um, because many months ago you suggested regional variants for Superior, Blaziken, and Feraligator. Mm-hmm. We have a Electric Superior, a Scarlet Witch Blaziken, and a Cayman Ghost Feraligator. Mm-hmm. Uh, those ended up suiting my purposes perfectly, and being anime-esque or podcast-inspired, um, I added a Popeye Sailor mm-hmm. to the general, you know, lineup of champion contenders a mysterious snake lady who looks like a like a like a dark souls maiden mm-hmm. who gives you the lore about the legendaries okay. like she shows up out of the shadows and she's like this is the jaguar snake you, lady you befriend it like fate is willing you to do this mm-hmm. and she has a snake themed team with superior leading it and then for anime purposes uh the blaziken wielder will be a fake Sailor Venus superhero, okay. who is all the rage with the, the youth mm-hmm. in the region, but she's just an actor. Uh, she's a Jessica Chastain actor who's mm-hmm. playing a, a part for the public. Naughty Pine! Uh, and she'll have a movie-themed team mm-hmm. with Blaziken up front. Um, and so they will all be going around in the story. You'll battle them. It's like, okay, any one of these people could be Maybe the, check. you know, contender, along with your rival and the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I also just went started going through what we would need for the region. I will actually bring it up because uh, if I if I poured all of my mental stamina into this, I should at least have it up. But I just thought like, okay, like what do we need? Like what tropes do we need for the region? What anime do we want to reference? What other podcast classics do we want to reference? Um, so to that end, I added just a bunch of side characters. Some we had already decided like. The Professor Wither and Troy, who do the Time Skip Island Fountain of Youth. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some JoJo's references. Uh, I created Marina, who's going to look like Vivi from One Piece, uh, because you and I frequently joke about booze cruises. Yeah. Uh, in here in New Jersey, that's a that's our tradition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because we have the region set near the Caribbean, the EV training, um, you send your Pokemon off to do things or to go treasure hunting. Is, is just a booze cruise. It's a big luxury Pokemon cruise ship, and this Marina character just, like, runs it. And then the Popeye sailor is pissed about it because nobody's taking his Popeye ferry places anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, a few other ones that we can just fill in over time, like a Safari Zone Warden who's a ninja, mm-hmm. uh, a Gunslinger by uh, based on Vash the Stampede, mm-hmm. he can chill in the desert, um, a Duelist slash Arena owner who's inspired by Utna, mm-hmm. um, you know, an Island Maiden inspired by Melody from Pokemon the Movie 2000, uh, I put in a Von Hohenheim guy who does the Unknown Chambers, a good wizard <laughs> who runs Nostalgia Peak. Good wizard? Um, you know, I got a Genkai from Yu Show character in there, and then the the Razcorp CEO is going to be like Bulma, mm. but purple probably, and she's going to be the one who runs that company, gives you the watch, gives you the the taxi phone app, and then uh, I think designed like the storage system, mm. all that stuff. So tons of little characters that we can that will get art. We can design signature, like, shoulder mons for them. Like, they they might not be battlers, necessarily, mm-hmm. but I, I assume if we have, like, this little duelist arena, like, they could just show up in there. So we'll give yeah. them some Pokemon, but at the very least, we can design signatures for all of them. Um, you know, and then there's, there's tons of other, like, post-game stuff that we can get to someday. The one thing I was really proud of, personally, <laughs> with, with this, uh, with the Las Vegas area is that I figured Scott could show up mm. in like a leaving Las Vegas mm-hmm. inspired, like he's yeah. old and broke and hung over. Yeah. Uh, the mysterious masked man who runs our battle frontier is like, you know, just dunking on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we could give like Veruca and Nomi something to do there. Uh, tons of other stuff, tons of other tropes that we can play into. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of, finished naming the gym leaders and everything is looking nice and orderly Mm. so we still got a lot of signature mons to design a lot of designs to finalize Mm -hmm. i will have boron and bismuth to you within the week Mm. as well as many other pieces of art Mm -hmm. um so you can that should be a decent prompt for you to provide for me a signature mon for both of them once you see them you'll you'll get the gist that i'm going for um so yeah, that right. that that's the the um I think if I had a prompt as mm. I've, I've already I've already given you plenty of extra if ones I like only had a prompt. like more roadside oddities, more mm-hmm. um anime mons, anime mons, things to that effect. Um going on the kind of uh, biomes and spaces we need to fill. Mm-hmm. I would perhaps uh request something volcanic. Um, not a regional form or anything, just, like, something new that can okay. be a volcano mon. Um, and I'm trying to think here. Based on, again, we have, we have, we have a lot of tropes to fill. Um, I don't know if it showed up in that root list I sent you, but one of the roots will be, like, an abandoned haunted boardwalk. Okay. So you already gave me, like, the devil... Uh, the hellmouth thing. Hellmouth thing. Mm-hmm. So, and you are—you also gave me a uh, tilt a whirl mon, like a. Oh, we're getting a carousel. haunted. We're getting a haunted tram car, Dan. So, <laughs> if, if, the you tram wish, car, if you wish, then just a haunted cores, brother. <laughs> so there's there's tons of options for that. Vanilla Uck. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Um, but things like th- that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to. Well, okay. We'll go. We'll try our best to go in order here. Mm. So, of the new areas that I added, 
was a, like a temperate forest up near the top um, that as of now only really has that fire moose mm-hmm. to occupy it. So maybe more classic forest mons. And then there's another stretch there inspired by the Mississippi River. Okay. So maybe try to think of some things that could gel with that. Okay. Um, but otherwise, the main task for you will be the stuff for Boron and Bismuth. Okay. As we go on. Um, but uh, there's one more tiny matter of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. As we said, our version of the Paradox Mons are going to be the Tall Tales and the Strange Sightings. And because this podcast tackles all the most pressing issues covering society, mm-hmm. I wanted an answer. I should have brought this up when we when, mm. when that Splatfest was going you on. should have, yeah. But are we counting the Loch Ness Monster as a science fiction creature or as a folklore creature? I don't know. That it could go either way. I don't know. Because it was first... Because lots of people in Scotland have been seeing creatures in lakes mm-hmm. for a long time. That's mm-hmm. a thing that all humans have been doing. But I'm pretty sure that one of the first Loch Ness Monster sightings was like... A young couple saw a big lizard on mm-hmm. the road, and then years after the fact, that guy took the photo, the fake photo mm-hmm. of the head in the water. So, I guess it would be a, a folklore creature then. Okay, mm-hmm. that, I just wanted, to, yeah. I just wanted to double check. I don't know. That, either that's way, the it, toughest one. Yeah, it's gonna be a Lapras. It's a um, beast of sorts. <laughs> So it'll it'll be like a Lapras, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a like a variant of one. And then I'll try to create visual motifs that match each of them. Because mm-hmm. you, you already gave me a lot of Tall Tale ones. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll do like seven a piece of mm-hmm. those. Um, you gave me like tons of folklore ones. So so for our purposes, we will count the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> as an ancient I'm creature. glad it's settled. <laughs> um, <laughs> now Dan can sleep. But yeah, so that's... Keep the prompts coming. Mm-hmm. If, something, if something dawns on you that is related to like... Especially... We need a lot more mons for the South American half. Mm-hmm. We need a lot more mons for that half, um, and like the islands that we have on that half. So, if you if you are stumped for ideas, just try to think of something that could go down there. Okay, um, and that'll be ideal. All right. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. Okay. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Uh, shall we get into today's episode proper, then? Of course. All right, well, the drawing board is wheeling out today, and he looks a bit weathered, but he's got a cowboy Ooh. hat on, he's got a shiny red vinyl coat. I, he's still cool. Yeah, he's very yeah, cool, yeah. but yeah. He, he's adorned with wanted posters, and what's this? Our faces? How does Dan have $10 million double dollars over me? <laughs> <laughs> this is even a good photo. <laughs> <laughs> Should have figured, but he is the drawing board, the wanted bounty board edition. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with the One Piece Wanted Bounty Board Edition, <laughs> but similar nonetheless. So we're going to learn a bit about Trigun. Japanese, it's called a Trigun, mm-hmm. which is slightly different. Uh, it's a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Yashiru Naihatao. I think that's how you present it, uh, pr- pronounce it. Uh, Trigon was first serialized in Tokuma Shodan's Shonen Manga Magazine Monthly Shonen Captain from April 1995 to January 1997. Set on the fictional planet known as No Man's Land, the plot follows Vash the Stampede, a famous gunman who is constantly fighting bounty hunters, seeking to obtain their immense bounty on his head. As the narrative progresses, uh, Vash's past is explored as to why he's on this planet and a little bit of the planet's backstory right. itself. Um, 
Trigun was adapted into a 26-episode anime television series by Madhouse. It aired on TV Tokyo from April to September 1998. An anime feature film, Trigun Badlands Rumble, premiered in Japan in April 2010. So the series has still lasted despite all that time. Mm -hmm. And it's been an influence on us because we do remember it from Adult Swim and such. Of course. Um, What was I going to say about that? I think I was going to say something about Vash, but it'll come up later. Um, A new anime television series adaptation by Orange titled Trigun Stampede premiered in January 2023 and I believe is still running. Mm. I I watched the first half of the series, haven't caught up with the second half yet, but Mm. I remember enjoying it nonetheless. Uh, After leaving college, Yashiro had gone to work selling apartments for the housing corporation uh, Sekisu House, but struggled to keep up with his manga-drawing hobby. And a plight that Dan might know. Of course! (laughs) Uh, Reassured by some successes, including a serialized manga based on the popular video game franchise Samurai Spirits for Family Computer Magazine, he quit his job to draw full-time. Uh, the series was conceptualized as a mix between Western and science fiction, as Yashiro found it not seen in Japan by the time uh, he started writing Trigun. Uh, to contrast Vash from the typical heroes in action films, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce his last name. Naitou? Naitou? I th- okay. Naitou? Yeah. Naitou, Naitou, yeah. Uh, portrayed him as a pacifist, since he did not want his lead character to be a murderer. Throughout the story, Vash avoids killing enemies by disarming them and avoids inflicting mortal wounds during combat. His cheerful personality was used to highlight his tra- this trait with his catchphrase being, Hey, sorry, love and peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other elements of the manga were based on real life. Uh, Wolfwood's name, who will meet Nicholas D. Wolfwood the next episode we watched, not these first four, uh, was taken from the lead singer, uh, as was his image for the priests of... Do I have the band? Oh my gosh, I don't even have the band. Well, it was taken from some lead singer there. Uh, while Vash is the manga's protagonist, anime director Satoshi Nishimura uh, used Meryl Strife as the main character. In the anime, she searches for the humanoid typhoon and initially does not believe it is Vash due to his childish behavior. To create suspense, writer uh, Yosuke Kuroda suggested that Vash would not shoot a bullet until the fifth episode, which causes Meryl to realize he is the famous gunman. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I do like Meryl and Millie. I think they are standout characters in this. They add a little bit of humanity to the series, comic relief, and then at serious moments, they kind of ground Vash and the other villains at times. Certainly, They're just yeah. very chipper. This is a very positive, at least the episodes that I've seen, it's a very hopeful, joyful series, which you wouldn't expect from, like, a, an anime western, of all things. And it is true when you put, like, there aren't a lot of examples of of that of anything set in like that tropey old west setting like mm-hmm. there are things that take advantage of like the abandoned badlands you know fight for survival type so like obviously fist of the north star and stuff it'd be interesting to look into that because i yeah. think like i think oda briefly had a manga that was set in a setting like that like it was called wanted mm. but that's the only one i can think of offhand i think vash really or trigun itself really kind of set the standard and few have been able to Keep up with it. it, yeah. yeah. Uh, this anime series is frequently listed as one of the best anime series. In 2001, Wizards Anime Magazine listed Trigun as the 38th best series on their top 50 anime released in North America. And in 2010, the Los Angeles Times journalist Charles Solomon placed the series as the 7th best anime on his top 10. Critics getting older. <laughs> Someone who would have been a viewer <laughs> in their teen years, maybe yeah. growing up and reflecting on it, you know with more due critical praise perhaps mm-hmm. yeah 
In regards to the anime adaptation, Theron Martin of Anime News Network gave the anime adaptation a B-plus praising the writing, stating the series never wallows in the cliches inherent to this format, simply because the surprisingly high quality of its writing never allows that to happen. However, he continued to criticize the visuals, stating character rendering regularly looks more like rough drafts than refined final products, with the artist often struggling just to stay on model. Which is a commonplace thing that we see in the older anime anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Toole of Anime News Network named Trigun as one of the most important anime of the 1990s. Uh, Escapist Magazine com- columnist H.D. Russell reviewed the anime adaptation of the series in early 2016 as part of the good old anime review section, focusing on popular <laughs> anime of the 1990s and early 2000s. And we didn't... <laughs> We that's, didn't steal that title. No, that's what this podcast was called Good old in, the, anime. in the 70s yeah, before yeah. we rebooted it yeah. as anime was not a mistake. <laughs> uh, though noting the series hasn't aged well in terms of animation and English voice acting quality, Russell states the depth of the characters and moral themes of the series more than compensate for its faults. Russell concluded his review giving Trigun a rank of 4 out of 5 stars, stating Trigun is very often overshadowed by its close cousin, Cowboy Bebop, which is sad because it truly is a delight to watch. Despite having only decent voice acting, with a few exceptions, average music, and relatively static visuals, Trigun is an absolute blast that had me laughing and thinking the whole way. While it's not perfect, it is fun, and it does ask the questions that will make viewers ponder for years to come without ever offering them an answer. Trigun is one that went straight from my backlog to my heart and is truly greater than the sum of its parts. Oh, right. What a, what a sweet little review he had there yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, despite its relative popularity in the West, Trigun never gained widespread appeal to Japanese audiences. Suggested factors include the Old West setting, European-style st- character names, and a lack of Japanese cultural elements. Uh, this, Which, in the episodes that we're watching, I think there are kind of a few Japanese... Like, there's, there's a lot of Japanese cultural elements in this show. Okay. That I saw. I mean, that does kind of answer my previous question. I mean, maybe it's just that it doesn't sell well yeah. in Japan. Maybe we can keep an eye out for them, but there were definitely some that I was like, oh, that's a Japanese exclusive thing. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, I think it, I, I think inevitably whatever, you know, whatever the author's nationality is may show up in the, in the writing anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, we, we talked about that with Jojo last week where it's like, you have to make this, you have to make sure that this at least appeals to like Japanese school kids mm-hmm. first and foremost before you can, you know do anything else so maybe it's just that the old west isn't popular there yeah this would make trigun one of the rare examples of an anime that is far more successful in the west than it was within its country of origin the show failed to garner a large audience in japan during its original showing in 1998 but gained a substantial fan base following its united states premiere on adult swim in 2003 Hmm. so many years later at that point uh just to shout out the voice cast i hope this is correct i know a few of them are but i mean for like our four major characters that we see in this. We have Adult Vash, Johnny Young Bosch, famous for this voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, synonymous with Vash the Stampede at this point. I think voices him in all, like, the iterations. Yeah. Ever since in the English dub. And he mm-hmm. was, he's the, he was the Black Ranger in mm-hmm. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, mm-hmm. correct? I believe well, so. Well, the second iteration. I, you would know after, better than me. You're the after, keeper of the keys on that. After the original one, Zack left, and they had, like, that second generation come in. I think it was, like, uh, Adam um aisha and uh rocky Mm. i think he was uh he played adam so then he got into voice acting after Mm. that so we have meryl strife not meryl streep Uh, (laughs) dorothy elias pawn millie thompson leah Sargent, and nicholas d wolfwood jeff nimoy left out a few characters because they'll be showing up a bit later but right now even nicholas doesn't show up but he's my favorite so i had to give him a a special little and that is the jeff nimoy correct that is of of uh it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
that you can recognize his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, with that, so Trigon, your experiences with this in the past that you care to share with our audience? Um, just another Toonami classic. I probably didn't dive as deep into it as you did back in the day. Um, well, I had insomnia even back then, Dan. <laughs> well, no, of course. Um, but you, I mean, you know where my my tastes on Toonami fell. But mm-hmm. I, I visually, this is one of those shows that I just really heavily associate with um, with Toonami, mm-hmm. and I just think it 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 stands out a lot just in terms of 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 its overall presentation, like the pacifist hero. Mm-hmm. How he chooses to, you know, because it's it it really is the opposite of what you would expect from like a gunslinger anime. Uh, so it's a very interesting choice to kind of not restrict the main character in that way, but kind of take it keep, in a new direction. Like yeah. have them uphold yeah. some kind of principle, yeah. and then see how you can create drama around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I I think that 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 Vash has one of the most recognizable designs in yes. and like he. Yes. You know, whatever the creator was doing that day, he, you know... <laughs> he picked a good one. Vash is, is iconic. He's just so tall. He, he is <laughs> recognizable in silhouette. He's recognized Big in, hands. like, just from, be it his hair, his glasses, the, his the jacket, coat. jacket, his boots, his the, guns, yeah. The entire thing is just, uh, he is absolutely mm-hmm. ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just interested to see... Yeah. I'm just interested, like, to take a detailed look at this, because... Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't feel like this kind of setting is approached very often. I mean, we have, even on this podcast, we have visited, like, you know, abandoned future wastelands, like mm-hmm. Vampire Hunter D had yeah. that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but this being played a little bit straighter as, like, a Western, I don't think is something we've had before here. No, so. I don't think so. Um, I'm interested in this, especially during my rewatch. I didn't remember how the episodes connect to one another. And we're not watching every episode of this 26-episode series. Mm-hmm. We're watching most of them, not all of them. But there's a lot that I'm like, oh, I can't skip this one because it ties directly into last episode. Mm-hmm. So it, it does have a very progressive episode-by-episode storyline that that ties itself together with them. Another thing that I like about the series is the relationship between the girls and our guys. So we get Meryl and Millie. Just their relationship as, you know, um, insurance agents. Yes. That are there to prevent Vash from causing any more damage is an interesting thing in itself and how that deepens all the time. I do like our relationship between our two main boys being Vash and Nicholas. I think we don't see that a lot of places anywhere. We get these two male characters that see life very similarly. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, when they fight, they have reasons to fight. They don't just go in there and there's not really a hothead among them. They use common sense and they think things through. Even though Vash acts like an airhead, he's not. Of course. Yeah, he's got that deep emotional core. And then we'll get into the main villain, uh, I think, much later, if mm-hmm. not halfway through the series. So there's a lot we don't know that's happening in No Man's Land. It's a barren place, no energy, big light bulbs mm-hmm. <laughs> called plants. What's going on here? But, Dan, I think it's time to don our serapes and go to the Wild West. In space! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got me, you got me. <laughs>
Hello and welcome back to Anime Was Not a Mistake. Dan, I'm gonna have to start charging you some double donut dollars to get onto this podcast. Oh, as long as I can, you know, keep my share of cake water, I'll be more than happy. Mm. Nothing goes down better than a nice <laughs> cake water. The flavor of a cake with, you know, the refreshingness of water, yeah. but double the calories. So, I, yeah. I swear, audience, Dan and I have been going on this tangent for two weeks and we see no stein and it's stopping. <laughs> Anime was not a mistake. First merchandise is going to be cake water. It is absolutely meaningless. It mm. is just cake water. It is, cake it is what mashed it is. into a pulp. <laughs> Well, using a delicate process. You put it once through the grinder, Dan. Once through the grinder, then twice through the grinder. But it's very, very high in sugar, so you only want to break it out for the most special occasions. But, you know, we're going to put that warning label really small. Yeah, but it'll have our cute little effigies on it, so we'll be good. (laughs) Me winking at you saying, it's fine. In case we get sued. Better than Babylon, it's cake water. (laughs) Anyways, what did we watch? What are we doing here? Well, we watched Trigun... Yeah. And I must say, mm-hmm. usually, I mean, we we do some clowning while yeah. you know the episodes are playing and we're we're watching them. Uh, we we tend to we tend to joke, but this time around, there was I nothing was, really to clown on. No, I was I was like entranced. Yeah, this I was the this was the anime I needed this uh-huh. week. Uh-huh. I think it, this is what was... I said in our pizza party. This is the yeah. the Dan choice that's going to get him good. Uh, yeah, mm. it, it it certainly is. I had forgotten a lot of this stuff, um, but. I don't know, it is just consistently so high quality. Yeah, initial thoughts. I just really like how they set this up. Like, the episodes don't drag, they lead into one another. There's good character design, great character development, slowly but surely. We're learning more and more about Vash. We're going to meet Nicholas next batch of episodes, Mm -hmm. which he's, like, an amazing character for me. Like, I love him. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my tops in anime. I love Meryl. I love Millie. They give a good uh, comedic foil at the current moment, but you can see there's some emotional ties between them and Vash as they get to know him a bit more and tag along on his antics. It's just a good cast. And I just need to, in terms of uh, of 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 like uh, of of Mer- Mer- <clears throat> Meryl and Millie, yeah. my apologies. Um, Sometimes, like some of the things that really like sell me on an anime is when they have like this this weird little setup premise that ends up working so amazingly yeah, like that they're it, bernardelli insurance yeah agency. they're like two insurance agents mm-hmm. who were sent out to the frontier to stop or to keep tabs on this guy who mm-hmm. was causing premiums to keep going up and it's like uh like what are you gonna but it is just it makes their starting dynamic I, like i feel like a little stronger than just what would be a standard mm-hmm. like the protagonist encounters them and then they just and we don't even it's... really know anything about them. No. Aside from they work there, and the yeah. rest is just what they show on screen. We don't know about their past, aside from... I think in the upcoming episodes, we get a few offhand lines about Millie's family, how it's, like, super big. Mm-hmm. But that's all I've seen so far in my rewatch while taking notes. Yeah. Um, before we do, but I'm glad you enjoy it. I think that it's gonna hold up. I'm halfway through, and, uh, yeah, it's just a great little anime that, it, you know, it, it has held the test of time. No, certainly. Uh, so let's get into episode one, the 60 billion double dollar man. <laughs> uh, we get this cool ass opening where Vash looks much more badass than he's presented in the initial episodes. But I think they do that for a reason. 
Uh, we get to the desolate desert planet of Gunsmoke slash No Man's Land. Uh, in a canteen, some street toughs are discussing the fugitive Vash the Stampede. Uh, apparently in the nearby town of Dankin, Vash massacred hundreds and a wave of destruction just follows him in a wake around the planet. Yes. He is a outlaw, there is a huge bounty on his hand, and he is nothing but... Uh, everything that follows him is just death and destruction. Yes. Um, they call him the Humanoid Typhoon, thus the name, because every place he visits gets destroyed. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things, like, okay, like obviously he's our protag, we're gonna get the background here, mm-hmm. but these cu- first couple episodes really sell you on, like, okay, this is... This is tragic, but this is how he's been blamed for all of this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the bartender of this saloon wanders outside, sees something so shocking that he dips out, leaving his bar unattended. Then suddenly the bar is smashed by giant boomerang. And I said, I'm going to get Dan right now. Yeah, and you did. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. Death by boomerang. Well, the, the thrower of the boomerang, <laughs> if the boomerang itself wasn't selling me... This guy is. Yeah. So. And uh, the animation here is pristine. You could tell that it's like the first episode and they wanted to put their whole uh, uh, trigonacy into this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just animated very well how this bar, this saloon is shot up. And and that was one of the things, because you brought it up in the opening, that I was like trying to like look out for if there were any... And, you know, and obviously there's, like, the usual budget-saving techniques in some spots, like the characters, like, moving in a comedically choppy fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the only other thing that I noticed in, in this batch of episodes was, like, Vash's hair goes off-model sometimes. Yeah, like, I, I noticed a lot length. of the height went off-model with, like, the big ones that we have in here, and then yeah. um, Meryl. But I think it was for comedic effects, like, yeah. when she's arguing with someone, throttling them, she's in a more chibi style. Yeah, but, and so but that, it doesn't distract at all, which is typical. Like I yeah. think it's, I think it's probably just like a lot of these characters have have like fairly detailed designs. So, you know, when things are kind of fast paced, but but we 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 can't critique that because mm-hmm. we already watched like Saint Seiya. So We've never made an anime before, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where where a whole episode is that woman seated on a chair. <laughs> uh, anyways, this guy in red is in the bar, and he's the only one left standing from this uh, Mad Max man. His crew with Tommy guns and his giant boomerang. This Mad Max man is known as Bad Boss. Okay. So you have a character named to buy the figure later on. It fits. Yeah. 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 And we get a standoff. Meanwhile, in Dankintown, <laughs> is that your burg? It is. <laughs> Are you the mayor? As the mayor of Dankintown in yeah, my the county Duncan... of the land of... <laughs> yeah, my Dunkin' Donuts funded, uh, you know, village project. <laughs> You're Dankin and you're Duncan and Dankin. Cakewater. <laughs> it sells itself. Uh, uh, but uh, the residents are trying to rebuild this town that Vash has apparently left in rubble. Uh, there were many injuries, but no death because the sheriff is having a conversation with a bounty hunter looking after Vash and they're comparing different details that don't mash up about this alleged Vash the Stampede. One yeah. of them says that he's wearing a red coat, he's tall, but he has short legs and he has a big gun. Yeah. And then the other one's like, like the, the rumors are spreading, like, he might have a mohawk, he travels with people, he's super big. Well, yeah, the Millie and Merrill get that he's 12 feet tall with a mohawk, yeah. and then, uh... Yeah, Loose Ruth. Loose Ruth. <laughs> Great drag name. It's Loose Ruth, and, oh my god, did I write down the other one? I must have. It'll come up. I, I know I wrote down the other one, but, uh... He has two great drag names about him, and Loose Ruth is one of them, but he leaves to find his mark, and Vash is getting all these different uh, descriptions of him. Uh, Some say that he has earrings, odd proportions, they just don't match up. 
in Felnarl exit, 10 miles, I think that's like 10 miles away from there, whatever, another unsavory canteen, two women walk in. This is Meryl Strife and Millie Thompson, and they're just so fun. I love them. Yeah. It's like you and me, uh, Millie is literally Aerith combined with Barrett. Yeah, Barrett. Yeah, Barrett or, or <laughs> Air, Aerith. Yes. Uh, but, and then Meryl is Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> Just mini. Right there, yeah. And I don't, we didn't see this in any of the episodes, but she has this cool thing where under her cloak is like tons of one shot derringers mm-hmm. that she like whips out. Cause the girls get some action, but we skipped over that first episode with the lead. Well, yeah. Uh, and, Meryl, and Millie has the big gun. Yeah. Well, I think Meryl like jokingly pulls them out in mm-hmm. one of these scenes, but we, we don't get to see her in, in combat yet. Yeah. Uh, so these two women walk in, and they ask for a banana sundae and a gâteau milfoy. <laughs> With long tea. Yeah, and Millie drops her giant gun. Both of these gals are just passing through, looking for Vash, apparently headed out to the east, and we get lots of mixed descriptions, uh, being the mohawk, huge weapon, and a womanizer. The gang from the opening is looking for that guy in the red, and they're trying to decide which one is Vash. Uh, the goofy guy, our guy in red from the initial bar uh, kind of destruction scene, emerges from the ground and shows that he had no bullets in his standoff from before and yeah. hit underground in order to sabotage uh, Big Boss's gang. Yes. Um, Vash. And, yeah, and yeah, steal yeah. bullets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vash is also only knocking out people. He's doing a stealth run mm-hmm. in order to steal bullets. But I do like the fact we don't see him fire that gun until episode five. Yeah. And it feels like that first episode is building up to mm-hmm. that, but then it, it subverts it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Vash is knocking them out. He fights comically and passively. He's animated like a crab sometimes. He's crawling up walls. Sometimes he gets the cool edit, but mostly he's just fumbling through. Yeah. Or seemingly, but dodging every shot at the same time. So he must possess a lot of skill. It is a game of skill, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ain't no kid. Oh, so he eventually walks up to this one crony, and he's like, you should just be quiet and give me your bullets and your guns, so that way I know you can't shoot me. Um, don't you want to live? And he's like, well, you know, I, I want to live, but it's like a weird conversation no, they have it's, together. It's like a really great little scene. Yeah. It feels like almost like a little, like, Leslie Nielsen bit. Like, mm-hmm. he goes up to the guy and he's like, oh, you know, I can you shoot You must have you a family. The... Like, nope. Yeah. Most women despise me, got yeah. no kids. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, well, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, maybe you could work on that. That's something to, to shoot for. Like, a, And like... then this scene was trending on TikTok where it's like one guy is, like, on a distant cliff and he goes, there he is! And then Vash, like, chucks his gun across yeah. the world and knocks him out and he's like, yes! <laughs> yeah, and got then everyone, everyone shows up and shoots him anyway. Yeah. So. It's like me playing Resident Evil evil four <laughs> there's just so many people in that town dan <laughs> where do they all live where are they going yeah bingo <laughs> is this where the pesetas i spent go <laughs> well no that, that gets funneled into uh strange merchants so. uh, you'll, you'll see yep uh so vash is saving the cronies from getting murdered by bad bosses destruction who's like wanton he's destroying everything he's throwing his big old boomerang through cliffs in very cool scenes, but not worried about the well-being of his uh, his henchmen. Yeah, and that gets us like our first Vash like intense face yeah. when he when he sees that like Bad Boss doesn't care about his yeah, underlings. He's got a big heart, that Vash the Stampede. Another thing I like, he's not like he's outright like emotional. Yeah, and he's not afraid to show those emotions. I mean, he's not sharing them, but he gets emotional a lot of the time. Yeah, so I love that in a in a hero. Uh, Vash can't stand the sight of blood, and Vash is captured due to the bounty on his head, but Meryl and Millie arrive on combo chocobos slash the birds from Nausicaa, 
which are known as Thomases. And we got a lot of Thomas in this universe, like one kid's named Thomas. Yeah, I, I was yeah. going to ask about that, but yeah. like I, I, I assumed it was just like a coincidence. Yeah. They're, so. they're called Thomases, and like Thomas is another name for a gun. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It I, makes sense. There's the, a lot of through Well, because they look like big Kiwis. They do look like <laughs> so big Kiwis. So it would make sense with a gun design, yeah. so... And Merrill and Millie represent the Bernardelli Insurance Agency, uh, and they constantly run around trying to appease people with the donuts in these early episodes. And if any anime makes you want a donut more, I yeah. don't know it. It's gonna be a try a gun. Yeah, but it's 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 cute because it's like they're like you know they're they're tri- like they always have the donuts. It's on like hand what Dan and I would do customers. to make make yeah. appease with our <laughs> clients. If we ever have like a death of a salesman <laughs> situation, <laughs> oh, I just gotta sell these donuts, Dan. <laughs> Real sad, that show. Anyway, um, uh, Meryl and Millie represent their agency. Uh, before they can explain themselves, Loose Ruth slash Constance Rifle, there we go, Yeah, his second name, arrives wanting to claim the bounty on Bash 2. And there's a three-way going on. It's a it's a little Mexican standoff between these three forces. Yes. And no one really knows who Vash is, because all the descriptions don't mesh up. And Loose Ruth also has, like, red lining to his coat. Yeah. And he has a big crossbow gun. So it's like, oh, okay, like the visuals are getting mixed up. Like, maybe this guy is yeah. Vash. Uh, Loose Roos thinks Big Boss is Vash, and then Millie and Meryl think that Loose Ruth is Vash, or something like that. Like, no, well, no, yeah. they think Big Boss is Vash, because yeah. he's red and has the mohawk, mohawk and a big yeah. weapon. Yeah. Uh, giant man, all conflicting. Uh, big Boss thinks Loose Ruth is Vash. Cool rotating crossbow gun that he has here. A lot of cool gun designs in this. Yeah. I mean, guns are bad, but they're cool. In yeah, this. and understandably yeah. for like yeah. a like an old West setting. Then yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I mean I'm not going to get into gun reform on this podcast. I want it, you know, in America. But I yeah. always thought the guns were very coolly designed in this. And like, if I had any class in an RPG, I would lean toward like gunslinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to speak that from the heart. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I think the most the most impressed I was I ever was with fictional guns was uh was the opening of like No More Heroes. He fights like a stupid like fake gunslinger in the beginning of that. Yeah. And there's like he uses them as like swords. Oh, and uh Afro Samurai, there's yeah. a guy, the the bad guy in that one uses gun swords. Well, I say it constantly, it's gonna come up on this podcast, but westerns are some of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And I have like a collection to share on this podcast, but uh, uh the time will come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've always been enamored with the genre. Uh, but, uh, so Millie and Meryl run away from this when they, the two start fighting, thinking each other is Vash, and Vash runs along with them eating their donuts, and yes. we get, like, the backstory, like, what are you doing here? Oh, I just wanted to get out, hanging out with your girls. We get this dynamic between the trio going on, and Meryl's like, fine, you run off and warn the town. We're gonna go back and try and settle the situation, but we just can't have any more damages going on. Yeah. That's our job. So take these donuts, take these ten double dollars. And be on your merry way. I'll even lend you my own personal Thomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought, like, she was going to give him one of his guns. But, no, it's the, the Kiwi. Yeah. The giant Kiwi. Um, so, that's going on. Uh, there's apparently hundreds of insurance claims going on, too. So, like, this is a big issue affecting this planet. Mm-hmm. There's constant destruction. Um, Big Boss and Loose Ruth are talking. And Millie and Meryl are trying to observe what's going on. They don't see that Loose Ruth is still alive. They assume that he was dead. In this fight, but they are caught, and Loose Ruth is like, fine, we can use them as bait to lure mm-hmm. Vash the Stampede to us. Um, and they're splitting the bounty 70-30. Yeah. 
um, avoiding bullets. So at this point, there's like a really hasn't aged well scene, but still not as bad as Lydia Tar, as you said. Yeah. Where Big Boss is like, hmm, I'm a womanizer. I can't wait to... He's so big. Well, I don't know how anatomically that would work. But... Well, and to be fair, it's a very, like... I, I would say it's like a PG-13. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm Well, gonna... he's, like, it... lifting up her cape. Yeah, at least yeah. in the dub that we got... Well, yeah, he spots one of the Derringers. But in yeah. the dub that we got, it's like, uh... Like, the dialogue is like... You can, like, have your way or, or sample them. Like, it's yeah. not... And you think it, that wouldn't come out of Loose Ruth's mouth. <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah, so it's it's definitely... It definitely is not aged well. Yeah. But it's, like, it, I think it's in terms of, uh... In terms of, like, a Toonami anime, it still would have gotten by. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Vash rides in clumsily as the girls run away. He serves a distraction, but still... I think he uses a bullet, but we don't see, like, any on-screen shots to, like, sever their ropes... And let them run away. I think he just, he throws like a, oh, like a, something okay. off the Thomas, right. he throws like a, the thing to cut their ropes. <laughs> yeah. And they run away, uh, and Vash, like, leads them off to like a precipice somewhere. And then he's cornered by Big Boss, who's like, you could die either by boomerang or suicide. And Dan's like, you know which way I would go. <laughs> of course. Giant boomerang. <laughs> um, it, it, but, you know, and it looks like he is, uh, you know... What's going to happen to Vash? Mm-hmm. But he skillfully dodges the charged up boomerang. Yeah. And I, I love the little tech stuff because Big Boss has... Yeah. Bad Boss, sorry. Oh, it's Bad Boss? I thought it was Big Boss. No, is uh, it Big... No, it... Well, big Bad Boss, sure, big why, bad not? Boss why not? Big Bad Boss is... Uh, like, he has this whole thing. He, like, prepares the boomerang, attaches it to mm-hmm. a clip on, like, this harness that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. And then so when he throws it with super strength, it'll zip back to him. Yes. Um. So he throws it at Vash at, like, point blank, who manages to dodge it successfully. And then break his arms. <laughs> well, he runs up behind him and then pulls the mechanical arm back and then... Like attaches it to like the the motor to the harness, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when the string like loops back, it it like puts him in a in like a chokehold or puts Big Boss in a chokehold. Yeah, which is violent, but he had it coming. It doesn't kill him. And that's that moment. Like yeah. you think, like this is about like he's about to fire the one bullet that mm-hmm. he has. He's about to do it, mm-hmm. and then but doesn't he do doesn't? it. No. Yeah. And then um, Loose Ruth is taken care of by the the coming back boomerang. Even though Vash warns him about it, he's disabled by that. And Millie and Meryl are watching the entire time going like, oh, he took them all out so easily, so quickly, without using a single bullet. But he can't be Vash the Stampede. That was yeah. just dumb luck. Yeah. Right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, but Meryl writes up her insurance report. Uh, we get a distinctive laugh from Vash, which is like, his, ha 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 ha! His, his yeah, he's dramatic. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, we really, you know... Save the day peacefully here. Yeah. And uh, apparently Vash got a 60 billion double dollar bounty on his head. Thus the name of the episode. No one died. Uh, you don't need God for a miracle. And Vash wanders off into the desert well, to end the episode. Doesn't doesn't the town get crushed? Does Oh, yeah, it does in the rubble. Yeah, it's like a... Yeah. Because the boomerang takes out... Yeah. Um, like a mountain or something. I, 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 I think it's just it. rubble. It, yeah, well, no, it, it takes out the part of the cliff that, um... Is overhanging I keep wanting to say Cool Ruth. Loose Ruth. Loose Ruth. <laughs> uh, 
uh, is standing on, but then that causes like a little like uh, like le- oh no, there's a grenade left over yeah. from when Loose Ruth was trying to throw one, kill him, and yep. then that blows up and it causes a landslide with like tons yeah. of insurance damage anyway. Yeah, so. and this episode does have a similar feel to the new Trigun as mm-hmm. well. If you want to watch that, like I- we saw that together, I think yeah, I put it on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. so I mean it. It's a consistent series so far. I haven't had a complaint about any of the episodes. No, of course. Um, as is tradition, of course, this episode ends, and I like to provide a little bit of notes about what we missed, mm-hmm. um, about important information and stuff that I was like, oh, this was so near to making the episode, but I had to leave it on the cutting room floor. So episode two, we watched, of course, during our pizza preview. This is where Vash gets the best of a corrupt water hoarder. Uh, Meryl and Millie still have no idea this guy is Vash, and Vash may be way more emotionally intelligent than he seems, Mm -hmm. is the insights that that episode gave us. Episode three, another skipped episode, we get Peacemaker. So this episode's premise is there's a town without a sheriff that's home to a legendary gunsmith, Frank Marlin. Uh, Vash makes friends with a wayward drunk, upset that by uh, helping one person... Uh, he, the, he's drinking because he's like, oh, why do I help people when people get hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that that much, through gun violence especially. Uh, Vash already knew that due to Frank helping everyone, it resulted in his wife and child getting slaughtered, and thus the hands-off approach. So this drunk turns out to be this Frank guy, and the reason why he doesn't make guns anymore for this town is because his wife and kid were killed by guns. Mm-hmm. So he has that moral quandary going on. Um... When bandits arrive to easily steal money, Vash will not sit by and do nothing. There is a standoff, but a bar matron from earlier and all the townspeople use Frank's guns that they had previously to defend their home. Um, And this episode is actually pretty poignant because, I mean... I, like I said, I don't I don't like guns. Mm-hmm. Guns scare me. They're like one of my biggest fears. I do not like them. Mm-hmm. But this episode is like, you can use guns safely for protection. And that's like the moral of the episode. In the right hands. Well, even in the most goober setups, I mean, we have... I, we, we did that one Pat Liber episode that, mm-hmm. that got into that. Where yeah. it was like, and well, Pat Liber is... is like on the top of my anime. <laughs> it can, it's coming. It can yeah. come back. Good. We got... We, it fits into the theme has, of the other thing I was talking about. It truly has so. made me think every episode. So, we, you know, we'll, we'll go back to it. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was like... It's all about responsible use and everything, so. Uh, But Frank does fine-tune Vash's gun. I don't know if that serves a purpose in the series, but so he can use it better. Mm-hmm. That that's how the episode ends. Uh, episode four, love and peace. Vash pulls up outside of town, standing in a graveyard as a sandstorm rages. Millie and Meryl still on their insurance uh, journey in a small town bar, waiting out the sandstorm. We meet Miss Stephanie, a local rich girl who is taken hostage by a gun wielding rugged man, Ingwe. Uh, the asshole sheriff, Stan, is upset that there is a hostage situation in this bar. The mayor, Grim Reaper, Dick Bostock, rolls up and uh, it is revealed that Miss Stephanie is Dick's daughter. Uh, he says, help my daughter or else. Stan doesn't really take orders from anyone, so they have this weird dichotomy between them where uh, Stan and uh, Dick don't get along Mm -hmm. and they're just working together for their own means that are never really truly revealed vash just waltzes into the bar literally dancing while listening to like an mp3 player i think he has like an old school 80s radio still (laughs) that and like everyone's like what is this asshole doing here uh vash is also taking hostage commenting that he's been going through hell ever since he met Meryl and Millie. wherever they go trouble follows him wow gun in the mouth situation so we get a lot of like Anime gun in the mouth situations, which I don't think would have made it to screen today, because it just seems like a very violent act. 
Yeah, I I feel like it, it's it hasn't been you know it's been a lot less common I mm. guess because usually I I feel like again like what I was saying before like as these got into like the TVMA stuff on Toonami they could get away with you know showing like the hostage situations and I think we get one instance of the word bitch no we get two two we get two okay. yeah two bitches um you know so it's we it's get like, some shits in there too so this is clearly like you know you got to be a little on the older side don't watch it with grandma but like <laughs> oh my unless she you know likes anime and yeah likes trigun to <laughs> go for it but you know there's some like adult situations yeah so it, while it looks like this person's gonna get shot through the mouth vash has apparently slipped bubble gum he pulled a peter cottontail slipped some bubble gum into the guns so they don't fire anymore. <laughs> so there wasn't any real threat throughout the episode. Stan hired a group of insane-looking mercenaries to take care of the situation for him. Better make it worth their while, or your daughter could be shot in the crossfire. The wagon, like with the uh, the bounty slash the the ransom fund, shows up with a hundred thousand double dollars, uh, and it's a trap. The wagon and mad mercenaries just drive right through the bar. Vash saves Miss Stephanie. Vash doesn't like seeing innocent bloodshed and snaps into serious mode, as Dan pointed out. Vash can't bring himself to take a life, and he doesn't like pain very much, or seeing people in pain. Millie helps out with her giant gun, and Ingwe is upset that the land of the town was stolen by Stephanie's father, thus the reason why he was trying to use her as ransom in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's like, your father took over, and, like, we lost all our jobs, like, he kicked the people out of this town, he's corrupt. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the reason why I did this um initially grim reaper bostock slaughtered them all this is his revenge it is time to face the truth about your father stephanie and she says like oh well he's still my daddy <laughs> like i can't really go against him but i understand let's like, put on your best bobby hill voice no. <laughs> when he's doing the southern my, thing this magnolia blossom is wilting this <laughs> Get me when my- are we gonna watch golden girls on this podcast so i could do my blanche dubois Hey, anytime. I had my rewatch. Listen, I used to be a Dorothy, but now I'm totally a Blanche. Like, (laughs) that is where I'm at in my life. Uh, But my fainting couch. (laughs) Did you know Meryl Streep's in that episode? Yeah. I shared that TikTok with you and I said, That was. It's. You can't even really recognize that it's her. No. It's like. Yeah, the men in this family haven't been procreating. We really, we really have to go back and watch King of the Hill, don't we? What was the pro- it was it was well, Dale? no, Bob, Bobby's like no, Dale is like the male heir. Yeah, but he hasn't been married and can't produce anything. And then they're like, "Well, Bobby is a young Nubau young man. <laughs> Maybe well, we can because, convince him over." Because it's like the the Dale's dad had like seven daughters. Yeah, it's and a like Tennessee the- Williams yeah. plot. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, but crimes... The the moral of this episode we skipped is that the crimes of our parents' past are not our own to inherit. Yes. Uh, standoff between Ingwe and Dick. Uh, Vash cries as Stephanie watches Dick get shot, but it's only a flesh wound. Uh, and he turns himself in. Stan still wants to kill Dick and get the fra- uh, fame of framing Ingwe too. But he was in on it the whole time. Vash signals to Meryl, and then Meryl uses her cloak full of one-shot derringers to give Vash the upper hand. So <laughs> that's the episode we missed. But it's a very cool scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she has all these guns. She can take care of herself as well. Uh, Stan is no longer the sheriff, and this world is made for love and peace is what we get at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so episode five, Hard Puncher, Dan. 
it's episode it's this is essentially the episode where trigon stampedes the remakes retelling of the series begins mm-hmm. in loose turns because we do get the nebraska family in those episodes yeah um we are starting an imperial city a young waif thomas asks his mom for a gun but she says you're too young and inexperienced you don't need a gun while vash is eating breakfast in another saloon um, as bounty hunters rush in, there was a shootout while Vash is chilling. Very uh, dramatic Yeah, scene. slow motion, but Vash is just like, hmm? Yeah. And, and it's like the you, end of The Sopranos. Yeah, and you can and you can guess, like, what... Like, when you see him laying in a puddle of red, you're like, oh... That, well, we, we know, know from happened. watching yeah. Pokemon, that one episode of Pokemon, which should be your pick for season one. <laughs> the the shootout at the OK Corral? Like, I can even remember the name of that episode, Dan. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. Well, oh, Scyther and Electabuzz hate the color red because it's ketchup. <laughs> well, uh, That's an iconic episode. With Gringy City? Or oh was that gosh. was that Gringy City? No, Gringy City no, was... No, I think it was the OK Corral. Well, because it was the... it was the, Yeah, that was the two, one with the two street toughs fighting. I had it on VHS, Dan. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, well, don't worry. That and the Ponyta race. <laughs> when the time comes, we will do diligent... Uh, well, that's your job, not well, me. I will yeah. do diligent yeah. research into, into picking the best ones. Yep. Uh, so they shoot Vash, who apparently lays dying. Nope, that's not blood. It was just tomato juice. Mm-hmm. Which everyone drinks at breakfast, apparently. It was Dark City. Oh, yeah. Because Gringy no, City was... was Dark City the Meowth one? No, Dark... Mm. No, that was fake Hollywood. Yeah. That was like fake, like uh, yeah. the, the Hollywood ripoff. Because mm. there was like Ash caught muck but there were a few episodes in dark city right yeah I, okay. no, that's what i mean yeah. like that stretch of episodes was set in that vicinity but go on <laughs> uh so vash is still utilizing no violence and says i'm a hunter of peace chasing the mayfly of love that's his new catchphrase uh vash manages to shoot them all with a toy gun how could you tell uh vash then takes all their clothes and guns and gets some pancakes or i like to dub on this planet sand cakes it's perfect. It markets itself. Because there's a lot of sand on this this planet as a reward. Uh, the townspeople in the cafe then turn against Vash in order to collect the bounty on his head. And we get like an emotional scene. It's like, we don't really want to do this, but we need the money. Yes. Because one of our plants is on kaput. The plant is like a giant light bulb thing that apparently powers the whole city using ancient slash futuristic technology. Yeah, yeah, and from the exposition we get, it's not only like powering all of their you know, uh, production and technology, but I think it also, I, I guess the way that the energy from it works is that it also, you know, protects the town from sandstorms and stuff, so the town is yeah. being buried. I'll say I never understood. I don't think I ever understood while watching the Trigon series how this plant actually powers the city, mm-hmm. but I do like the design. It's like a quirky big light bulb. I love giant pieces of tech that sit in the background, I, so I'm not. I complaining. love the Dan, I'm not the Dan recipe for this episode. You need to sell me on a sci-fi location. That's, give you a huge light bulb. Just put some big stupid yeah. thing in the background. Give him the that Pikmin gets, universe. Yes, exactly. and Dan will eat it right on up. Uh, but Meryl and Millie are there. They do get some cool shots in this. I don't know how they get around. But they're, like, perched and watching what's going on. Yeah, no, that was the most cinematic moment, in my opinion. Yeah. They're sitting on, like, these like a, power lines yeah. that are just, like, it, it, it is framed beautifully. Yeah. They're just, like, it's over this cool. wasteland, yeah. I do this like town, that. with the on these, like, power line towers. It, it's, like I said, yeah. Meryl's giving Yuffie. <laughs> and, yeah. and Millie's giving Baron. <laughs> yeah. Someone's clearly played Final Fantasy VII. Of course. 
Uh, but, uh, so the, the town is down because their plant is not working and they don't have the money to repair it. So that's why the entire town is going after Vash the Stampede. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vash is fleeing the mob of these townsfolk, uh, that wants the bounty on his head. Uh, he starts speaking French like, Pamon, why are they chasing me? Yeah, like, why am I being persecuted? Yeah. Like, they're always yelling at me and screaming and shooting and, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> Meryl and Millie are assessing the damage. The townsfolk are doing more damage to their own town than Bash ever would be because they're all shooting it up. We get a a message from Mission Control that arrives. Uh, Everyone proceed to main base at once and stand off on Bash the Stampede. So it's like, you're doing too much damage. Come back to center. And these shots, like, really, like, so, like, because all the townspeople are, like, jumping at shadows... And and one of them like takes a bazooka and takes out the clot like the bell yeah. tower in yeah. the center of town and it's like oh they're just they're all just so panicked. When we get the Back to the Future, you, yeah. will you support the rebuilding of the new clock bell tower? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, that was a clock tower. But... I know, I know it was a clock tower. I'm Dang. just saying. When you bring those episodes, I'll be ready, and then I'll have the musical to provide for you. <laughs> That's right. Opening this season on Broadway, Back to the Future the musical, starring mm. Roger Bart and I don't know who else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll go see that. I would like that. Yeah. If I, if I was going I'll to see, see anything, I would go I'll see, see that. I'll see if I can get cheap tickets. We can go see that. And then I'll be like, oh, Dan likes this musical. <laughs> he can compare it to whatever. I think they still have the power of love in it, so. Uh, well, they must. Yeah. I don't know. With Broadway this day, <laughs> that song's probably expensive for some reason. Go hit up Huey Lewis. I think mm. he's still. Yeah, I think he's still. I think he's well, still around. Well, they did American Psycho the musical, but I don't think they had Hip to be Square in it. Well, that I musical think... was good, Dan. Well, I, no, I'm not arguing that. I just thought maybe he wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't agree to have it used for that. But mm. anyway, talking about <laughs> uh, Trigun, Merrill asked to see the man in charge of the operation. The town needs the sixty billion double dollars for the plant. The Chancellor called in a last resort. How could you? I don't know what to do. I'm just an elected official, Dan. Jack, Jack, please. <laughs> uh, the, and he called in the Nebraska family. One big, one small. One young, one old. Yeah, two of and, my favorites. And Dan, can you please describe their relationship with each other? Um. Well, uh, Gosef or Gosef is Gosef is, is like a giant man. He's he towers over the entire town. Uh, he is you know partially a cyborg. He's outfitted with a lot of uh, like mechanical parts and some kind of steampunk valve in his head mm-hmm. that kind of like keeps him going. Uh, love his design so much, but as per the hard puncher in the title, he has a big, uh, like, rocket fist okay. that retracts back into and his And he carries arm. his father in his pocket, who is clearly someone- In a holster. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He has a voice. Yes. He's been in a lot. I feel like playing a very similar character. No, it's lot, uh, but... Spike Spiegel's voice actor. Now I think about it. That's him. Is it? That's him. Oh, okay. That's yeah. him. <laughs> oh well that makes sense it does sound a lot like him it's him but he's he uh he is carried around in uh like a holster on on Gosef and he uh Gosef, sorry and he you know he's just kind of like bobbity he's barking orders uh yeah. and directing yeah the big boy where to go and Mero's like what the fuck like these two have 150 class a offensives why did you hire them and they just escaped from prison they weren't even they had a 700 year sentence yeah but they recently staged a breakout so now their their bounty is probably even higher so but a little girl claims that they caught vash the stampede three times (laughs) can you hear me I, I did that. Uh, Vash has apparently stopped in for a pint and is surrounded by woman, a la woman talking. 
<laughs> very, very Oscar, prevalent. Yeah. yeah. Oscar award women, winner, uh, women talking. Uh, but these women are like, you know, I have a sick son. We need to save this town. Your bounty is going to help us. I don't care about you. I need to do this for us. Yeah. And that's how this first episode of the new Trigon plays out as well. Yeah. And Vosh has like a, like a serious moment and he's like, you know, um, he says something, and again, I don't, I don't remember enough of the details to to know what this is teasing. But he's like, I also am not going to stop until I find that man mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, teasing something. Yeah, but he says like, don't shoot that gun because it's like a decision you can't take back. Yes, like once you kill me, it's done. Um, so there's that. Vash warns the ladies to get down when Father and Gosef demolish the bar with Gosef's retractable giant fist. Vash emerges from the rubble. Meryl just sees Vash in shadow and is like, oh, clearly that has to be Vash the Stampede. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, it's that same goober we've been following around for five episodes. But wait, can that be Vash? She pieces it together. So, She's yeah. like, oh, he's narrowly avoided death. He mm-hmm. seems immortal. Yeah, he and now he's escapes. fucking pissed. Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, because then he, he, like, gives, like, does his serious face. Yeah, and, she's and he's, like, like oh. bringing the the woman that are injured out of the bar and lining them up. Yeah. And then he's, like, talking to Gosef and and uh, Father. Mm-hmm. It's like, what have you done this for? But Gosef's like, oh, I'm gonna do this for destruction, I'm doing it for the money, and... You know, you won't return. You won't return a shot. But clearly, someone who's suffered through all that you've suffered through has to have some like messed up shit. Yeah. Thus, you, the double dollar bounty. Yeah, they were like assuming like you had to have killed a ton of people to mm-hmm. get to that level. So yeah, uh, and he calls him like a hypocrite. Like, yeah, like you did this all, but you've clearly killed a lot of people to end up like this. But Vash is just pissed and silent during this whole moment. He brings out all the bodies. Well, they're alive. I thought they were dead initially. Yeah, but everyone, we, yeah. everyone's fine. They are fine. Yeah, and then he's like, fine, we're going to do, like, the standoff here and now. And he draws his gun for the first time. Yes. And Gosef and Father say, like, we're going to get him, but we're going to aim for these women instead. Well, yeah, and then and then Father has Gosef, like, activate his spinning fist <laughs> punch, which... Uh, which like, you must have loved. Which is, which is like, great, because he's like, I- I'm going to, like, I'm going to turn those ladies into mincemeat. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll shred through bodies, you know, and you can, you can stand in the way if you want to, mm-hmm. like, you know, because yeah. you'll dodge it, but... You know, can't dodge it for them. So, mm-hmm. so we get this in- intense cinematic slowdown jump to save with like their faces reflected in the gun and steel. Mm-hmm. It's very cool, and he shoots five bullets, directing Gosif's fist into uh, the yeah. children orphanage or wherever. Went well, into. yeah, and he well he does it in such a way where he shoots all all like he shoots five of the bullets into the direct center of the fist so that it throws off its momentum. And then it veers off course, and then, then we see uh, Gosef is like crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do live these mm-hmm. two, even though Vash kills them, and they do live in the the new series as well. Yeah. Um, until a later episode where one of them dies. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, but <laughs> but it's like oh, you know, it's just like Vash always takes more sympathy on the villains than the villains take on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it makes sense. So. Yeah. Uh, but Meryl is stunned. She cannot believe that this is Vash's stampede, despite everyone saying that it is. And Father is not a match for Vash, who he draws a really long Roger Rabbit gun. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not over yet, but Vash is like, it's it's done. Yeah. There's nothing you would do here. And then he talks to the kids and is like, love and peace, love and peace, flashing his... Like, everyone, love and peace. Cross and then... peace sign. And Meryl's like, oh, this is dumb. And Father's, like, so exhausted that he just, like, 
passes out. Yep. And Meryl writes the insurance report. So episode six, Lost Jula. Oh, well, just to clarify, mm. uh, he like he takes out Gosef by shooting him in the the retraction point yes. of the of the fist hand. So he's not dead, <laughs> yeah, even though it dead. seems like it. Sh- he shot him through the head. Yeah, he's just like, like oh. I murdered him, yeah. and then he falls over. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so episode six, Lost July. The Nebraska family has been caught. In Peru is throwing a celebration for Vash's victory over the Nebraska family. The entire family did try to kill you, but and town did try to kill you, but Vash is donating the bounty to the city anyway. Yeah. So they basically they cashed in the bounty for the Nebraska family. He says, "I can eat nothing but salmon sandwiches." And Dan, where did they get the salmon from? I, I assumed it's like flavor. It's it's what cake water would s- similar components. Cake water. It's just simulated now. salmon. Yeah. yeah. It's like a spread, like the Pokemon sandwiches. Mm. It's it's just like a, a texture of a like a JPEG over a yeah. piece of bread. So uh, Merrill warns the sheriff jokingly to get away from Vash the Stampede. Got to keep everyone safe for insurance purposes because these two are following him constantly now. Yes. They have to have 24-hour surveillance on him. Uh, hi, Vash, honey. So, like, all the women are noticing him in the town. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know, have a fun time with Vash the Stampede. Well, everyone, the kids look up to him. The 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 guys in town are like, come get another drink in our saloon tonight. Like, yeah. he's a hero. To and we people. also forgot to mention that Thomas from before has, like, these suction darts that play into the episode. Yes. That's, like, how he defeated the initial gang taking over the town with suction darts. Because they were like, how did he shoot us all? Yeah. In a matter of section. He scares them. Yeah. You know, like, without violence, he just, he just scares them. Yeah. So. Suddenly, a stand steamer rolls in, and I said, oh, got Dan again. He did. And it's I humpback class. <laughs> a humpback class sand steamer. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, they're setting up their wares and businesses for good sales, and it's a good opportunity for jobs as well. A beautiful lady, lady arrives on the sand steamer, stopping traffic, and then we meet supersonic Sodom the Great, who is like, oh, you want to go on a date with me? <laughs> yeah. Does he come back? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. I haven't seen him again, but I was like, Supersonic Sodom. Because he has a really... he has a that, really That's not a good name. He has a really distinct, like, little clown design with, yeah. with like, off-model eyes. So yeah. I'm like, is he important? I don't know. Because he feels important, but I don't... <laughs> uh, she is followed by not a huge bodyguard, as I wrote initially, but just, like, someone stalking her. Yes. And, like, a huge trench coat that seems like a bodyguard, but Dan was like, oh, I, w- I said, oh, Dan's gonna eat up this design, too. Yeah. Another one for him to enjoy during this. All over uh, the place. Uh, Vash overlooks the new plant and pours out some whiskey, wistfully, and just says, you were just tired. So we don't know what's going on with the science and tech that Vash has known, mm-hmm. but he clearly has a connection with these plants. Yeah. And the technology of the past, future, wherever. Yeah. So something's going on here. I, I didn't even notice that line when yeah. we were watching. That's that's interesting. That's really adding to the lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady arrives and recognizes Vash the Stampede. Her name is Elizabeth, and Vash is like, let's get married. You're so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Vash has never met her before. He can already tell a lot about her. Elizabeth is the chief engineer for the new plant, and plants are a lost technology that allow us to exist in this desolate place left by God and the forefathers. Yeah. So I don't know what that means, but Dan's world building skill has activated. Well, yeah, like the God and the forefathers to, to help us survive in this, like, they're like one, they're one piece of the Pandora's box one that was piece. like, I didn't, that wasn't intentional. I wasn't doing it that, into that My time. treasure lies in one piece. Um, gotta go, gotta go. Dreaming. But the, yeah, he, so it, it's, this was some means of letting people survive on this planet. 
but yep. they don't it's like it's precursor technology yeah. so uh elizabeth asked vash to do a special job for her as the bodyguards oh sorry not the bodyguards as like the stalker's cybernetic eye glows yes so essentially she's asking him to be her bodyguard mm-hmm. um and then did you notice that this cat pops up in every episode well, and when you pointed it out, I yeah. started looking. <laughs> yeah, so every episode you'll see this cat in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting little fun fact. Uh, Meryl is being hit on by, like, a child driving a car yeah. through, like, the, the, the vendors from the sand steamer. Yeah, like, he's, like, like got swirly eyes. Yeah, and, and then this, yeah. this one line from Vash, he's like, oh, she's a bit bitchy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right, Vash. Well, he doesn't... There's, there's two insurance ladies no, that are I, I, I know he didn't mean it, but he's like, huh. Ah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misogyny. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Vash is out with Elizabeth as her other personal bodyguard. Uh, come along spot. We get like this dumb sub relationship between him and her. Where she's like, follow me back to the hotel. <laughs> leave me like, there. He like barks. And he does he like on. the barking before TikTok made it a thing. Yeah. It's like, woof woof. <laughs> I'll do it. Another thing that anime predated TikTok. Yeah, no, that was some precursor tech. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, at Elizabeth's hotel room, Vash is attacked by the same intruder who is apparently the guy in the trench coat with blades all over his body. I put very Valdo from Street Fighter. Yes. Or is that Street Fighter? No, that's Soul Calibur. Well, Vega Soul- also had. Well, I think Valdo. Okay, yeah, no, no, Valdo no, makes did, more like, sense. He yeah. does the backbend too. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Voldo makes more. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Elizabeth has been like, oh, you know, you can come into my room later, but for now, sleep in this one. Oh, yeah. I switched the rooms. In the so registry. It's fine. So it's I come like... out in my nightcap. I'm like, what's going on here? My hotel's been destroyed. <laughs> I don't know. Some guy came in here, threw a bomb, and left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Elizabeth's like, Vash, you could sleep outside tonight. Oh, gee. Yeah, he's like, so cold. But people almost died, Dan. <laughs> But it is another big insurance claim. Yeah. Uh, Meryl and Millie investigate the damage. Of course it is Vash. Elizabeth thinks people are trying to kill her because she knows all about the lost technology. We don't really get a reason why she knows. Maybe she was taught. Yeah. Or it was handed down to her, but she is the head engineer. Meryl barges into the plant and says something is odd with the dynamics here. And we get a malfunction in the plant. Elizabeth and Vash run off. And... They arrive at, like, the, the hub room over there, the generator, whatever the you reactor, want to call it. Yeah. Whatever, essentially and what it is. Elizabeth's, like, going first, and the same Valdo-looking guy is in there um, to surprise attack. And Elizabeth apparently can't run. She's a very competent actress. Mm-hmm. And Vash defends her. Um, and eventually winds up that Valdo kind of cements his blades into the ground and can't move yeah well like vash like takes him down with like hand-to-hand combat Mm -hmm. and then just pins him has like gets him pinned down Mm -hmm. but then elizabeth closes the door and says like you deserve to die in here Mm -hmm. what's going on dan me no no double a cruise (laughs) Uh, but she reveals her true intentions i want you dead vash i want you to do what you did for that july Uh, like i i want you to suffer for the sake of that city of july that you massacred yes and destroyed and vash is like i don't understand what's going on but fine whatever so while that's going on and vash is locked in this room elizabeth shows up and tells meryl millie and the crew to leave meryl doesn't want to leave vash behind Mm -hmm. and tries to run off but elizabeth's like it's gonna explode so you should get out of here if you want to live then the entire crowd the entire city is watching this plant basically self-destruct yeah 
were on the verge of self-destruction worrying about Vash. But in the generator room, Vash is communicating somehow with this plant. It's an awesome scene. Yeah. It, it really is, because Valdo is, like, like on the floor, and he looks up, and, and Vash is... He... Because I'm assuming in terms of, like, like the reactor imagery, he's standing in between all of, like, the cooling rods that are coming out. Yeah, very cool. He's on the pedestal. It, like, opens like, up like an Eldritch Ev- Evangelion eye. Exactly. Like, a yeah. door of guff thing yeah. opens, and he, like, looks up and then talks, like, is, like, meditating mm-hmm. over it with his hands raised, and that manages to stop the reaction from happening. Mm-hmm. So, the plant... Is safe. Yeah, safe. And the townsfolk celebrate. Vash shows up in silhouette, as Dick Van Dyke would like to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he walks out. Meryl and Millie are surprised. They run to him. Um, he goes like, yeah, I'm okay. You girls should get to a safe location. And then he talks to Elizabeth, but Meryl sees him talking to Elizabeth. And, like, Fane's like, oh... He's, he's, really he's, a, he's he's bad. No, well, she no, literally she's says, not like into. I think she's she is clearly into him, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm like, barking up the wrong tree, maybe." Yeah, it's not like the usual. She's like fawning. Yeah, or it's, she's yeah. like, "Oh, she's he's, more tough than that." Like, "Oh, he's busy at the current moment. I don't want to." Well, no, she says he's bad. He's like, yeah, "Oh, he's he's a, he's a bad he's, man, Ralph." Yeah, and then but but jokingly, and then keeps going. Yeah, but Elizabeth. In this very another cinematic moment, like these slow moving townspeople are running by them. Congratulating Vash Congra- or thanking con- him. Yeah, and then she's like, How did you survive? I don't know. But then she pulls a gun on him and says, like, you know, when I was a youth and my kid, you destroyed this entire city of July, and that's all I remember. I was walking around as three years old, and I met this guy who looked oddly like you, and he took me into like a warm embrace. Yeah. And then I I swore revenge after that, and Vash is like, I'm sorry for that. I don't really remember what happened there, but I think that was me that hugged you as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, we get this whole uh, dichotomy of her going through her emotions. Should I kill him? Should I not? Like, he saved us now, but he fucked me then. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like Vash, Vash establishes that... Um, Vash. Vash establishes that he is, uh, that he, his memories start and end at that point, aside from, like, sporadic images from his early childhood. Mm -hmm. That's all he has. Yeah. Yeah. And then Elizabeth weeps, like, I couldn't go through it. Why did it have to be you? And we just get, like, them both crying. Very, a similar revelation to, like, what Meryl's been processing, like, like, in a comedic sense, but Meryl was also processing, like, how could this guy turn out to Mm -hmm. be Vash? And it's... In a dramatic sense, it's that way for Elizabeth. So, yeah. uh, so we get episode seven, BDN, Brilliant Dynamite Neon, and take us away, Dan. Use my notes. Tell us about this episode. Um, once again, the town of uh, Inapril is ce- celebrating Vash because <laughs> the plant is working again. Uh, he's getting tons of free beers and a praise. giant, a giant stout of beer, and he drinks it Popeye style. Mm-hmm. Is happy. Um, you know, and and again, they're kind of musing over, like, uh, Millie and Merrill are, like, musing over how, isn't it funny how all these townspeople tried to kill him again, and you now that Millie partying. is a drunk. Yeah, she, Millie's Oh, drunk. she's a lightweight, despite being so big. Yeah. Uh, she goes down easy, and she's like, ah, I'm drinking! Yay! Um, like, the, the townspeople were all thanking him. I think the, the mayor's assistant set him up with some ladies of the night. Ooh, yeah! Uh, but he, like... 
Vash pretends to have fallen asleep so that he doesn't sleep with anyone. Can I steal yeah. my quote of I feel like a million, but one at a time. Yeah, that was perfect context, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get to some Mae West on this podcast, I think. I just have to find the right movie. Which is, uh, but it's like, clearly Vash doesn't want to get, like, attached to anyone. And he's faking sleep and, like, being hungover. Yeah. Um, so, like, the next morning, uh, the sand steamer is off, along with, like, the little caravan that follows it. Um, and Vash leaves on it without telling anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the, the townspeople are rather sad. The kids are sad to see him go. Meryl Millie run off as well. Yeah. They're trying to pack quickly. We, we don't, it doesn't look like they made it at first, but then no. we do see the yeah. day. They, 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 they can instant transport a la Game of Thrones later seasons. Uh, so, like, you, you know, while Vash is, uh, you know, he pukes over the side because he's still hungover, mm-hmm. but he's relieved to be on his own again. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, the... the oh, well, I'll thing- say this. In the bathroom, Vash gets abducted. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, no. Before that, the, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the one guy, the Tomar. Josh, the Josh Tomar... Shows up. Uh, like, uh, cap, like, captain of the ship shows up, and he's like, you, uh, you know, your reputation precedes you. You would be a good bodyguard, mm-hmm. um, for us, because the Bad Lads gang is... When's is- the bodyguard gonna show up on this podcast? When in Houston? Well, I don't know how we could tie that into anime. It's anime. Yeah, if you insist, but you can bring it. We've done worse on this pod. We've done Suspiria. That's true. Um, But are are they actually the bad lads gang? Well, in the I think in the Japanese version they're the bad lads gang. Okay, but in the American version they're like the bad boys. I, I forget what they're called it's not that but it's like slightly different than well that. bad lads work so much better yeah so. that, that, i i mean for this one listen i don't plug the dvd in to watch the rewatches and take the notes i have to find it online mm-hmm. because that works better for me mm-hmm. so i i spend the nights looking and i watch the the dub for this one mm-hmm. so in the dub they call them the bad lads gang which does work better uh, like, Vash just pretends to be a normal passenger, but again, the guy is like, you can, you know, the Bad Lads gang kind of rules this territory, you know, we expect, you know, could we expect you to help us? And he's like, no, I'll, I'll rely on your ship's, you know, defensive features mm-hmm. or whatever. I want to like, rest, gonna... I want to sleep. Yeah. So, but then, and then while he's in the bathroom, he gets it's ducted. Ducted. <laughs> by this little child who's voiced by Izzy. It, he is, yeah. From Digimon. Prodigious, yeah. Prodigious indeed, and it's kite uh well, I, it's spelled kate but it's pronounced kite yeah kite makes sense yeah. um so it, kite tells a very obvious like sob story yeah, about right. how like oh i'm my, an orphan i'm an orphan this this like hiding never in trust an orphan dan is what i know i know them um they'll turn around on you in the heartbeat uh like vash like buys into it uh, so then he goes to the like the concession stand yeah. where, where Jonathan and, and Dan are working. Yeah, because they they couldn't afford tickets. They're so they selling hot dogs. What are they selling? Hot dogs, popcorn. The only thing, the only word that I caught wind of was uh, lettuce hot dogs. Oh. Like they want five <laughs> lettuce hot dogs, and then Vash also gets the stereotypical carton of milk and then a box of milk. pretzels. Milk with with a with an aperitif. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think because he's like, oh, you're you're growing boy. So I, he was like just feeding him everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the 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 kid kind of devours the food, you know, because Vash has the sense that he hasn't eaten in a while. Um, and then uh, you know, Vash is like going to to sip some tea in the free first class room he got via the the captain who wanted his help. Mm-hmm. Uh, he drinks some tea, but he quickly. 
passes out. Uh, we see that he has been drugged by Kite, who uh, crawls back into the vents and says that, like, I have one Sorry more... Sorry about it, mister. Yeah, I got, like, one got more to do. step to complete before it's ready. Mm-hmm. And then in the distance... Oh, here we go. Dan lit my up. favorite. Dan lit up like an electric parade. And it's it's such a it's like a well presented. I, I shot. knew it was coming, and guess what, Dan? He survives past these two episodes. I'm pleased. We'll be seeing him again. But it but it's such a. I have to spoil that. For it's you, such but. a beautifully yeah. just animated like the we see like the dark desert horizon. Yeah. And this is why I know that movie I suggested for Anna masterpiece is going to get you. Ooh. This is one of those tropes. But uh, the, you know the neon starts lighting up. And then, like, all of these, like, Mad Max vehicles come into view, and at the center of it all is, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this giant, well, yeah, a lot of, lot of mechs, a lot of glowing neon stuff, and this is the Bad Lad Gang. Mm. Um, and the leader of this group, with his gigantic, like, neon turbine shoulder, where is, like, the kids should have it all set up by now. Uh, and then, sure enough, Kite back on the ship flashes a signal to them mm-hmm. in the distance, and it's, you know, it's time to start the parade. It's time to be beautiful, and this leader is Brilliant Dynamite Neon. That's Brilliant their full Dynamite. name. Perfect. Yeah. What um, Lysander wanted to be. Exactly. But could not be. And he's even, he's even got, like, his little, his, like, pistol has, like, a little neon charge-up mm-hmm. motion. It's, mm-hmm. He's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Vash dreams on the ship and recalls a woman singing. Uh, roses in the breeze, and we see a woman with long hair and an uh, Aerith-like air about her. Uh, this is Rem. Yeah. Or at least according to Vash, she wakes up and goes like, Rem, like, why did you leave me? And she tells him to decide his own destiny. Yeah. Uh, Vash wakes up crying, and as I often do. <laughs> yeah. But he wakes up crying. You ever woken up with tears? <laughs> many times. Uh, Every day. But he, like, the, the key thing is, is that he wakes up from the dream in such a way that he falls in between the bed and mm-hmm. the, the the wall. Yeah, so these putties don't notice him. The shy guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, yeah. whatever they, they both are. have different things about us. Uh, they, you know, I they don't notice I think to be a henchman him. of this type, you have to have hunched shoulders. Because well, they're always walking like... Well, yeah, because they're in big, like, War of the Worlds goober alien gear. Mm. But they're, I'm, I'm assuming that it lends to combat somehow. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, so they don't notice that Vash is in there and they're rounding up all the passengers to bring them into, like, the main, yeah. uh, deck area. Because, um, uh, Brilliant Dynamite Neon had, you know, congratulated the kid and then kind of directed him to go start rounding everyone up. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's, like, some kind of arrangement going on here. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant Dynamite Neon finds a massive safe with no code or key. Uh, we will just have to break it open since, mm-hmm. like, the key is in, like, the city and no one knows the code. Yes. Uh, we're going to drive it over this precipice and destroy the train, killing everyone, but hopefully breaking open the safe. Literally cracking the safe. Yeah. It, 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 in a very villainous way, it makes sense. It and is, it's the Enora yeah. precipice. Uh, going to smash the train and passengers over the side of the canyon. Uh, Meryl and Millie are also woken up and question that they will need Vash's help during yes. this, even though they don't want to, you know, call upon the gunslinger. For help, mm-hmm. they have to do it. They might have to cause damage. Um, he is crawling through the vents, and the engineer can't th- go through with the accelerating to the death, and Brilliant Dynamite kills him violently in cold blood. Yes. It's like, oh, well, you know, you look pretty now. Let's add a few more bullets to you. And I said, oh, this is very violent for our episodes going forward. And I haven't Kai- seen this violence since Maduka. 
Yeah, that, that, I mean that's that's the the top tier of 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 that. I'd like to say that I brought the most violent anime to our podcast. But uh, thank you. But brilliant dynamite neon like gives Kate or Kite the Kate. Uh, like from Lost. You know the control. Well, well that's another thing we got to get into someday. <laughs> I, that's been on my you'll mind. Have to, recently you'll have to strap me down because the the TikTok. Oh. Film dumbasses have discovered Lost, oh. and they're like they're they're putting up scenes from it. Now. I did my time, Dan. <laughs> I did so my time with they, you in high school. I if that fifteen years experiences <laughs> a resurgence. Um, I don't know what I'll do, but someday, um, well, that would have to be a different podcast altogether. But he's like, you know, for whatever reason, Kite seems to know a lot about the controls of this of the mm-hmm. sand steamer. So, uh. Uh, brilliant dynamite neon you know tells him to take the wheel but kite is like no i i will pilot this ship wherever you want i will go and do whatever you tell me to do but i won't kill all of these people well i think his thing is he doesn't want to destroy the ship well yeah it's that is his father's father's ship ship, oh that's right yeah it's not it's not a matter i think it's not the people it's the ship Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, that's that that was a new reveal in that moment. Mm. Um but uh then Kite sticks the er, brilliant dynamite, dynamite neon. neon. You should Nien, know that name. Yeah. I should. Uh sticks the gun in Kite's mouth. And I said you can't do that in an anime anymore. You can't stick a gun in a child's mouth. Yeah, they got the Safari Zone episode. What are you doing, Dan? <laughs> that wouldn't make the TV now. Uh no way. Uh but Vash like emerges from like outside he shoots through the front window it looks like he's taking aim at, at brilliant dynamite neon but for no, a second but he just no, shoots just through shoots the, glass. the window yeah and he you know creates enough of a scene that you know everyone is distracted and then like vash jumps back out with kite again uh like down into like the I think they're hanging off like well, the they bottom fall. Of the they steamer. fall into like the bottom of the same steamer. In terms of like the Polar Express setup, <laughs> they're on the front of it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, where the caribou scene happens. Um, but uh, while this is all going on, Meryl and Millie knock out some shy guy if guards. Dan would have tried this with me. We would have next scene. We're, to yet. Yeah. We're, we're unconscious. Yeah. Didn't work. Um, and uh, so they presumably have access to the guard costumes now. And Brilliant Dynamite Neon is forcing the captain to pilot the ship under threat of uh, killing passengers, uh, speed it up, mm-hmm. and the steamer moves into the canyon as they approach their final destination. And Neon laughs maniacally. Love it. Yeah, we're going to have to wait two weeks, if not more, True. in our timeline to watch the conclusion of this. But, but yeah. keep me excited. Yeah. Any initial thoughts on Trigun, Dan? I am very pleased that we are watching this. Mm. I like I, you know, I never know what to expect going in, but going through and taking a detailed look at this series, there's just so much to appreciate here. Yeah. I very th- much so. I thoroughly enjoy it. I think the characters are well placed. I think even the villains are cool, as we'll see with Brilliant Dynamite Neon. Mm-hmm. Um and I love Meryl and Millie. I I I love it all. I like Vash as a hero and then we get to meet the best character of all. Um Nicholas, mm-hmm. Wolf Horde. Mm-hmm. Next episode, Batch. It's all about him. Yeah. Uh, no. So I'll I, get to bring my religion to this. It's great. Like I am. I am. I am very excited. Well, with that, Dan, shall we end this nearly two-hour episode 
Oof, another long one. But it's okay. It was worth it. No, it certainly was. Uh, where can an audience find you on social media, Dan? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at King underscore Danis. Uh, and you can also follow the adjacent Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast, Instagram, and Facebook accounts. You can follow me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and TikTok. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Drink and Read JK. Then you can also check out my other podcast being Nightcaps at the Theater and Drink and read the podcast where i check out some classic literature and the previous one i check out some good bad movies Mm -hmm. that we haven't watched on this podcast yet maybe one i don't know Mm. yeah Mm. that's it we'll see yeah yeah well dick yeah (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see uh what can we expect next week dan well to my pleasant surprise because i wasn't exactly sure how fast we'd be approaching it but we are approaching it (gasps) um we are continuing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. Uh, obviously, we have a lot to explain about uh, that that mysterious Frenchman, mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre mm-hmm, Polnareff, mm-hmm. and his silver chariot stand. Yes. That fire clock on the table is, uh, is ticking. ticking down. It's ticking. Uh, you know, so Avdol is going to have to, to, to figure out a way out of that. Uh, but then... The characters will be taking to the sea as they continue their perilous trip to Egypt. And... I'll just say, Jonathan, uh, you know, over the past couple weeks, be it mentioning Jungle Book or the emojis that I've been sending you, uh, orangutans have been coming up a lot. Wow. Do you think there's a reason for that? Well, I mean, that's your fetish. Oh. <laughs> but, 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 besides, do, do you do you think that perhaps that, you know, this has all been building towards something? Perhaps the most ooh of all oohs that has ever appeared on this podcast. Great. Wonderful. I'm so ready for this. I'm happy for you. Ooh. We're gonna have to, you know, get on board that ship and just, you know, don't trust any of the animals, you see. DK. Donkey Kong. He's finally back. Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>